Hello and welcome all to episode 7, I want to say, of the Hemming and Hawing podcast, featuring your boys, Brett and Sean. Recording a little bit late this week, because I came down with a bout of food poisoning, I think, and then Sean and I both do have other jobs, even though we make so much money off this podcast, uh, or will one day. Yeah, that's definitely at this the point dream. in our lives. Yeah, that, we, have the, yeah. we have the five-year plan to full tradition transition. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Soon, soon we'll be making hundreds of thousands uh, for doing nothing more. I mean, we'll probably have to bump up our episode output, maybe like twice a week, or who knows. But yeah, we'll, one way or another, we'll make it happen for the for the people. Uh, <laughs> they will guide us to a certain extent in our uh, podcasting journey. But week seven, how you feeling, Sean? Feeling good overall, definitely. Happy with the content we've uh, created thus far? Yeah, I'm happy with it. I think we're having a good time, having some good conversations. And like we were talking about last time, we can just relax some more and talk some more shit. (laughs) (laughs) And that is uh, generally all I'm good for. But. Oh, then let me, if you want to start talking shit, let me, let me start with, I don't know if Sean's going to keep this in, but I might, well, I don't know if he's going to keep the beginning of this in, but I might use some brutal, uh, adjectives for this person, whomever Joy may be. Uh, so something like maybe six weeks ago, maybe a little longer, I'd started, uh, noticing some activity on my Hulu. and. My cousins and I, so my two cousins, Mitchell and Chelsea, we split a like a Hulu premium. So uh-huh. I pay I pay like fifteen bucks every six months. Everyone pays fifteen bucks every six months, and we pay for Hulu for free or something like that. You know what I mean? Something along those lines. We're we heading to illegal activity right here. Am I Hulu? Hulu, go fuck yourself. But uh, <laughs> come for me. <laughs> but also, I think if you if you pay for enough, if you pay enough money. I, I pay 30 bucks every six months, I think. Uh, if you pay enough money, Sean, you do get the right to have more than one account on your thing, to my knowledge. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So I don't necessarily have to play by the rules of the poor. Uh, never have, never will. But it's a wonderful not. thing. <laughs> as, a cl- as a class, it's generally what I belong to, but I refuse to acknowledge it <laughs> or act like it. That's a good way to find yourself without any money at the age of 50. <laughs> well, maybe, you know, but it's it's strategic. I don't look yeah. poor uh, around people or in public or, I guess, in my uh, television viewing habits. But day-to-day life, buddy, uh, austerity all the time. But back to, the, back to the point at hand. So something like six weeks ago, maybe longer, I'd started noticing some very strange Hulu activity on my account. Like, Family Guy is being watched. Not that I have anything against Family Guy, but I don't watch it. Grey's Anatomy is being watched. Definitely don't watch that. Like, the time of our lives. Uh-huh. This shit is all happening on my Hulu. And, she, and this person would be watching my shows and fucking me up. Okay. Right. So, it's... That's it's one thing... It's one thing if you're gonna watch something, like... Uh, if you're gonna watch something on my account... 
that's completely different than mine. It's kind of annoying to have to find my shows, like fish through everything, whatever. I can get over it. But as soon as you're watching my shows and fucking up where I'm at in this thing, you can go fuck yourself because I kind of want you to die. But might be a little harsh, but I got no. very... <laughs> this is an emotional topic. Uh, it's, so, it's healthy to vent. So if Sean leaves the beginning of this in, I don't know when he started recording, if he even got it. No, we're uh, recording. So depending on if you later decide that these are the things you still feel, <laughs> we can well, leave it all in. I I think the live reaction early, I don't know if you got that, is what I was saying. I don't know if you got uh, right when oh, we started. No, 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 I didn't get that, unfortunately. Okay, so I got a call from my cousin, who's she's, she's kind of the account admin, you know? It was her account that we were all using, and then I convinced her that ad-free was the way to go, because Hulu ads, oh my god, if you're watching Hulu ads, I promise you it's worth it. You don't understand how I to install ad blockers. I don't know what generation I don't, you're I from. I don't fucking watch on my computer. You don't have a TV, Sean. No, I don't. I have, I have a TV that is connected to the internet. <laughs> well, you're a fool. <laughs> yes. No, I, uh, I live a, a modern, luxurious lifestyle where I don't have to HDMI my computer to my TV every day or stream on a 13-inch stream. I got 55 inches of Japanese beauty. I don't know where Samsung is. Don't quote me on that. It might be Korean. That's a, probably a little racist. So, well, eh. but shoot your shot. I don't even know if that is racist. Like that's not Samsung, racist. Sony, they all come from Asian countries. I might just have missed. But that's also yeah. kind of like saying they're all the same. You know what I mean? Well, not really. It's like saying. I don't know, what if you don't know who makes a certain style of car, like Ford or Toyota or GM? Like, I don't know. I but it'd be like, different. I think it'd be like saying something that is firmly Japanese and saying it might be Korean. And then it's kind of, I don't know, whatever. The nuances of all this bullshit. I um, think it's, I think that's nonsense. Like, what if it was like, oh, is this Guatemalan or... Honduran, like, I don't know. Yeah, and the Hondurans might be pissed. Not that I really think it matters, nor do I really care, but there are people that are crazy. Why would I know? And why would they know, is this Texan or Arizonan? Yeah, and you know those Texans take pride in their bullshit. Yeah, now I'm really making up some words as to what these (laughs) endings of these states are I don't know, what are Texan for sure. What are Arizonans supposed to be? Arizonites? I think Arizonan is correct. Well Phoenician. done, Sean. Phoenician. <laughs> Don't make me. Don't make me do this right now, Sean. <laughs> uh, for all the Louis C.K. fans, uh, however many are left, the, those that appreciate <laughs>, laughs and can uh, separate the artist, there's a joke for you. But so I'm sure, there's plenty in the closet. I would imagine. I would imagine. Not out in public, but I, I honestly haven't watched that much of his shit. But I'm sure I'd be a fan. Have you? I've seen like a couple of his specials. Yeah, no, I've never. I don't think I've ever devoted myself to a special. I've just watched like five to eight minute clips on YouTube. Mm, sure. But back to this. To the story. This, I think. So Chelsea, my cousin, calls me right as Sean and I begin are about to kick off, and her question is, and I always pick up because I mean one. We work together, so I never know what's going on. But two, 
she tell she and her first sentence is who the fuck is Joy? And I was like, okay, one, I don't know. I don't. I have no idea who Joy is. I don't even know the context. I don't know if this is a work related thing or something else. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know, Sean, uh, the way my TV works, if you if you have Hulu on a TV app, you don't have to click your profile every time. For the most part, you probably do once a week. So okay. I don't I don't ever see the other profiles, and mine's at the bottom. But sounds like some. I don't know. I don't know what word I want to use to describe this person because Joy is making... <laughs> that's too kind. Okay. Uh, but because Joy as a name is making me go to a bunch of very stereotypical female slurs, so I'm just going to call this person an asshole because this asshole Joy has started an account on has added an additional account onto our Hulu and clearly has Chelsea's login information. But I think we might have figured it out. She just finally got the balls to have her own thing. Yeah, that's wildly bold. Like, if she actually knows what she's doing there, that she knows she has some... I almost respect it. I almost (laughs) respect it. Maybe it's some confused old person who thinks that it's somehow their account. Oh, man. Chelsea's officially updated her uh, uh, login. Uh And it includes Joy... And fuck joy. So, <laughs> well, good stuff. Good stuff. Here you'll remember it. But uh, but if this solves my problem, I was getting, I was going a little bit crazy thinking about the people that could be watching my shit on my account. Because the first thing I thought was, okay, it's obviously not Sam because we we watch everything at the same time pretty much, and she doesn't watch. Family Guy or like General Hospital, whatever other bullshit Joy might have been watching. Uh, so it's not Sam. It's obviously not Chelsea or Mitchell because they have their own accounts, and it wouldn't be their parents because they have their own account on there too. Talk about freeloaders, am I right? Oh, but, <laughs> yeah. What is this but, uh, socialist I know. group? I, yeah, no shit. They buy us. They take us out to sushi dinners, and we give them free Hulu. It's disgusting. Hmm. Uh, but, so I started thinking, okay, so Chelsea's boyfriend, what are the, like, why, I don't think he watches that much TV, and I don't think he'd use my account, and I definitely can't see him watching General Hospital. And then I started thinking about Mitchell's girlfriend. I was like, well, she watches some dumb stuff like My 600 Pound Life, and... She does have a kid, so maybe she's watching the kid shows that are on there. Uh, maybe it is her. I mean, you're an absolute sociopath if you're watching my Hulu instead of your boyfriend's, first and foremost. Yeah, absolutely. Just make your own account if you're actually yeah. allowed. Which, in the hindsight, this all kind of comes together and makes sense that it'd be another person. But I was letting these ideas just like fester in my mind. Of, like, to the point where I asked Chelsea, like, is it your boyfriend? Is he doing this to me? Because if so, he needs to stop. Sounds and like I you spend a lot of emotional energy on this topic. <laughs> Sean, my life is generally pretty good. So these are the things that uh, <laughs> right. I get to direct my anger at. You, you had happened this week. Oh, yeah. This is, I don't have that many bad things in my life. 
I'm a very fortunate person in many, many ways. <laughs> um, but so this was kind of festering, and I was thinking like, like there was a point where I was certain it was Mitchell's girlfriend, because everything else kind of seemed to be, you know, I don't know. I've gotten a notification of someone if my Netflix gets logged in somewhere else, so maybe it'd be the same for her Hulu. But. So, so it seemed like something that she would have missed, you know, because you get an email, or at least I've gotten emails saying that. So I figured, okay, it's probably someone who's already had the login or it's okay with, and that pool can't be that big. Uh-huh. So all of a sudden, it's my anger is directed towards Mitchell's girlfriend, and I am trying to think of a way that I can either, one, prove it, or two, explain that this person's being an absolute psychosociopath without being mean when obviously asking was too far out of the realm of possibility that was just that was pretty low on the list of reasonable courses of action it was it was it was i would say somewhere in the plan g to j range Uh uh-huh yeah just let Uh, it simmer for a while poisoning was above that plan but (laughs) (laughs) i cannot explain how frustrated i was with people with someone watching my show and taking me away from where I am in that show. It, that's very frustrating. It's also very frustrating when you accidentally like fall asleep and it keeps playing and then you have no idea what you watched. Dude, biggest issue with Hulu Premium and no ads. You yeah. will tear through seasons. <laughs> Next worst thing about Hulu, so if you're re-watching the show, uh, well, one, sorry, fuck you, Joy. Joy, if you ever hear this, you're a bitch, I fucking hate you. Uh, you, you were the biggest negative of my life for six weeks. I hope that makes you happy. I live a blessed life again. But another frustrating thing about Hulu is every, so if you, if you've watched a show, like I've watched Sunny a dozen times, every episode is great. And so I'll be clicking back and I'll just like, I'll just go back to season three, episode six, hit start. And then as soon as that episode ends, you go to season three, episode seven, and it starts with two and a half minutes left. It doesn't start from the beginning. That's, that's such, how do they do that? I don't, and how have you not fixed it? How do you have a major streaming service that has a problem like that? I don't know, but it is infuriating. Because you'll, you'll look at a stretch of episodes, you'll be like, damn. Like, that's a good one, seven's a good one, eight's a good one, fuck yeah, like, just settle in. And then it'll just skip right there, like, you'll see the last two and a half minutes, the last two and a half minutes, the last two and a half minutes. It's just, and it's not a, and Hulu doesn't have a play from beginning button on my TV. Oh, that's, yeah, that's super inconvenient, because then you gotta pull out the remote and shit. I have to pull out the remote and hold the fucking back button. Uh... I am going on an absolute slew of what the kids would call first world problems, but man, are they issues I'm experiencing. Sounds like you need to call (laughs) up Hulu and have a talk with their user experience group. I need to call up Hulu, yes, have that conversation, and then I need the IP address of this joy bitch. (laughs) Then I need to to find her. You just need to get Reddit on your side, and they'll like cross-reference satellite images and find her house. And... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the exact time of day she was watching these shows. Yeah. 
man. But yeah, so that that was. I'm glad that that saga may have finally ended because that, like I said, was probably the most frustrating thing I've experienced in the last month and a half. I just can't wait for what's next. Could go, could get better from here. It might, but my God, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see whatever mild annoyance festers in me for the next two months. But this was a good one. Joy had a good run. And like I said, it's all I, I, I kind of begrudgingly respect her for making her own account. It sort of makes me want to try to hack your account. Oh, I recreate a new account named Joy. Like, and just you know, see you go off the rails. Part of the password is fuck Joy, so. I know that. <laughs> I can probably track down your cousin's email or something. I would imagine it's not the hardest thing in the world. So, best of luck. Best of luck, Sean Thompson. And I will, uh, again... I won't even begrudgingly respect you at that point. I will just respect you. <laughs> but so so that in my life is uh, everything's back to normal, hopefully. And I can finally go back to watching TV that I enjoy and not what this dish is. All right, now that we've got What's the been? worst parts of your life, <laughs> what have been the highlights of your last few yeah, weeks? Now that I've torn myself apart and exposed my innards to the public. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Highlights of the last... I mean, highlights of the last few weeks were definitely going home for a weekend, but other than that, like, little things. Uh, work has been good. We're moving into the new building, so I've been working my little ass off. Uh, doing everything we can here and there. It's mostly just 10-ish hour days every day. Maybe a few more hours here and there, but 10-ish hours every day. And then I'll probably go in Saturday, too. Oh, boy. That's a long week. <laughs> Dude, finishing concrete floors is kind of a bitch. <laughs> Especially if it's just this ancient concrete that's had tile and paint on it and all this other shit. And obviously, yeah, to save money, you pay my schlub ass. Get out on your hands and knees and scrub the bitch. Seriously, so much. So much. <laughs> Exposing myself to harsh chemicals constantly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I finished staining and etching, or finished stripping and etching it today, so hopefully tomorrow will be uh, the first of the stain going down. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like exciting stuff. Absolutely enthralling, I know. Uh, <laughs> so wow. It'll feel good, I suppose, to have a decent floor and... It'll feel yeah. It'll definitely feel good to have stuff going in and like being put in the place that it belongs. But I don't know. It's been a and it's been, and it's been a fun process. I mean, I genuinely do enjoy uh, projects like that. But I do have several small chemical burns. <laughs> well, small is better than large. I mean, the one on my leg is probably uh, two inches long and like a half an inch wide. But also, uh, just like paint stripper or floor etcher, one of the two. Mm. I, I, one's, I think the floor etcher is probably muriatic acid. The paint stripper, I don't know. Don't ask, don't tell. But <laughs> and and I just well. got to the. I think I don't. I, I think it's too thick. It's too viscous. Oh, okay. Because it's it's designed a gallon of it's designed to cover seventy five square feet. Ridiculous. Oh my goodness. And it costs 30 bucks a gallon. How are you supposed to do anything 
at that. But I've been stretching it for the most part. I think I can get about 200 out of it. But this is, I'm sure, again, enthralling conversation for the yeah. crowd. Yeah, now we're really into it, debating how effectively we can clean a floor. Yeah, no shit. How's your life been as far as highs and lows? What's, uh, what's been the worst part of your six weeks here? I can't believe I didn't talk about that. I can't believe. Yeah, see? So if someone was fucking with the TV you were watching, you'd probably be upset too. I I can't say that that's the sort of thing I get upset (laughs) about, but I understand what you're saying. (laughs) It's kind of funny. I wonder how those things develop. Like, I've been slapped in the face very inappropriately. Like, like, when I didn't deserve it at all, and I was not even, I was not mad even a little bit, you know? But, uh-huh. fucking with my Hulu, I'm off the rails. Yeah. It's, that's the trick, man. I don't know. You gotta meditate more, and that won't happen. I don't know. I, I think I'm of the personality, generally, that the larger the infraction, like, the less inclined I am to react severely. Which I think mm-hmm. is generally a good thing, but it does lead to some insane little things being wildly frustrated. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the biggest issue is the little things happen more often. So, yes, it is nice when the big things happen and I don't fly off the handle. But the little things that happen and I'm just, I just simmer on them. That right. is probably a little bit ridiculous, to say the least. <laughs> Until it all reaches a critical mass and explodes and everyone's yelling fuck joy you're a bitch (laughs) well yeah and i guess i am you'd have to think at least a little bit a product of my environment (laughs) (laughs) but yes yeah yeah i don't know i guess the most annoying thing has just been like painting the house and having a long list of shit still to do in the next few weeks how are things coming with the house coming along pretty well yeah, happy know. with the progress. Happy with the progress. Definitely been a lot of work, and it's sort of annoying having to drive twenty minutes in the evenings and then work for three hours and then drive home. But <laughs> fair, very fair. What's uh, what's been the most pain in the ass so far, Mister uh, Homeowner? I uh, I cannot speak to that, and I'm intrigued. <laughs> um. Patching drywall. Actually, the whoever had this house before, somebody at some point put up these floating shelves, and instead of like screwing the base into the wall and then like nicely attaching the shelf to that with just like two normal screws, they put like a one by one like into the wall with like four bolts that were like literally six or eight inches long. Oh yeah, classic massive leg bolt situation. Like, Love right. it. Like they were going to support an elephant on this shelf or something. Like they're really worried <laughs> about the aesthetic shelf pulling hey, on the wall. You got to be careful with these things. Good for them. That's and that's then, well, not yeah, fun. But then the shelf part, so that's just the base that it go- attaches to. The shelf part, they put a bunch of wood glue on and then put like 20 nails into so instead of being able to take it off and unscrew the base, you just couldn't get any of it off. Like, they had <laughs> sealed it up so you couldn't access the way to take it off the wall. That's tough. 
I took a saw and just cut it in half and then unscrewed it. Respect. Understandable. So, just like okay. shit like that. It's like a lot of it just doesn't make any sense. Whoever owned this house, I don't know. Yeah. They don't do it. They're not doing it for you uh, in their uh, decision making process. Well, it just seems like they made a lot of things a lot harder for themselves. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. How old's the house? 1960. That's not. I mean, it. I, well, yeah, I guess. That's not that old, but it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like that old, but. No, it's not like, holy shit, I'm going to deal with some very weird old wires wrapped in yeah. cloth old. But. It's not college house. The wires are exposed in the basement. When it rains hard, the whole system might short out. There's lead paint in the walls. And for those who didn't live with us freshman year, er, who didn't live with us senior year, or uh, aren't the guys above us, are the electrical box for the apartment above us. So we were in a multi-flat house. So we, we lived on the first floor. Guys lived on the second and third. The third floor was just two dudes. They were like, but second and third all knew each other. And one day it rained and the electrical box for upstairs literally blew up. Like Actual. sparks flying, yep. smoke, water running inside the house. They have no power. Blew up. Called an electrician, got him over here. He was scared to interact with this panel. So I'm sure there is no way to properly isolate the power and work on it and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, because until we got the uh, the power company out and they literally took the meter off, yeah. then he, he was freaked out to do it. He was freaked out to touch it. Which, of course, uh, our landlord... I, I don't... The more I reflect on her, the less kind words I have to say. Uh, our landlord and her husband decided that it was the, the fault of the house next to us and the way their roof angled rain and water runoff into the side of our house. Because that makes sense. Because you don't have siding. Maybe it's your fault for not draining properly away from the foundation of the house. I don't know. And, but yes. Yeah, that's the things about laws. Like, we're living in a house that is illegal to exist. And the pain in our ass that it takes when something like this happens, like, what are we going to do? Sue them? Like, spend six months in court, spend a bunch of money, get no money back? Like, yeah. it's nice and all that there's laws, but when there's no process yeah. to actually go through, and it's, it's just like, oh, well. Yeah, it's, it's one of the more frustrating things in the world because landlords are such dicks. Landlords are such dicks, and you have no power as a tenant, and you're only there for a year, and I don't know. It's it's a very – the college housing thing is such a racket. It's insane. And they're not landlords. They are slumlords, but whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Yeah, that's how it goes. That being said, it was probably the nicest place f- from senior year that we lived in, or from sophomore <laughs> year. From sophomore year was uh, – Well, sophomore year is a nice place. Sophomore year is a really nice place, but yeah. the sharing room aspect's never my favorite. Oh, yeah, that was it was crowded. But also, I don't know, we lived in a four bedroom with six guys. Like it's not like it was crazy. We all shared and then had an extra room. Yeah. But And that was yes, yeah, so that was far and away 
the nicest department. And dudes, summer when it was summertime, that was fantastic. Yeah, summer was, was really. Best. It was a really nice apartment, actually. Yeah, and hanging around during summer was the absolute best. Oh yeah, yeah. That was. Doesn't uh, that just make you want to go be a bum and just not work and get to hang out in Madison and? Wouldn't it be nice to have summers off? You know, maybe we should be teachers, Sean. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought about it and then realized that uh, you really don't get paid anything and it's it ain't not about all that the great. Money. Don't be blowing me up! <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, literally, I literally had this conversation with one of my teachers who's my cross-country coach. I was like, well, I'm sort of thinking about being a teacher or also an engineer he just kind of looks at me and is like, well, what the fuck if you ever, <laughs> yeah, if you ever want to do anything with your life, if you ever want to marry someone, if you ever don't want to have to be working all the time for the rest of your life, then you should be a teacher. And I was just like, well, when you put it that way. It's kind of the shitty thing about like politics, too. Like Teaching and politics kind of align the same way that like people that want to make money or have ideas that can make them money generally find their way into industry, not these two very significant uh, societal mainstays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, the incentives are all screwed up to get the right people into the right places. And I don't think, it's not necessarily fair, because I do know a, a lot of really good teachers, mostly our friend Sam. Well, she's, because she's, she's a really good person who's in it for the mm-hmm. right reasons. Well, th- that's we, the thing, like, you need to have a huge bias where you're willing to take all these hits. Just because yeah. out of the goodness of your heart, basically. Yeah, you got to be a better person than me or you. Yeah. If you're it, so, there are two caveats. If you're going to be a good teacher, if you are a good teacher, you've got to be a better person than me or you, because you're willing to make personal sacrifices that I'm not. Mm-hmm. That means there's a lot of shitty teachers. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of shitty teachers because I, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to disparage teachers, even though I. <laughs> Sam and I got into a very Sam, our teacher friend, and I got in a very uh, a mildly heated conversation about teaching probably two weeks ago. I don't know if we talked about it on the last podcast, but yeah, we we talked about it a little I, bit. I thought we did, but I, like, I I don't know. Obviously, outside of perspective, but I'm not a, I'm not enjoying the trend of public schooling currently. <laughs> <laughs> You're a big private schooling guy. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I would have always described myself as a big public school guy, basically until like the last two years. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because now I, I'm not impressed. I mean, there's really no other way to do it, but I am also not impressed, and there's just no one really interested in making it better, so that's nice. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know how it'll all, how that'll all shake out, but it's got it has to improve. It literally has to improve. But what's hilarious is it just makes inequality worse because people with resources can yeah. actually go get a Absolutely. better education and have more experiences. And the worse the education system gets, the worse it's going to be for the poor people. Yeah, and it, and and it's all and everything everything that makes it worse is done in the vein of helping the uh, impoverished or less fortunate. Yeah, yeah, well. That's the kindest way of putting it. Um, <laughs> but, and, it, and it's so fucked up, it's so disgusting. Like, 
all these, <laughs> all the people, like all the teachers unions. One, fuck all the teachers unions. Unless, unless you're part of the teachers union that's advocating to go back to get the kids back in school, go fuck yourself. Uh, I have no time for it. I have no time for like the Chicago teachers unions and all these other dumb assholes that don't want kids in schools for their, for their quote unquote safety. Yeah, I agree. I have no time for it. I'm, I haven't thought about unions enough, but usually I have no time for unions, and especially when you're just pr- protecting like all the wrong things. Like you're stuck in this perpetual cycle of short-term thinking Absolutely. because you have a union and it just fucks everything over. There's no way to make it better then. It's such a tricky thing, though, because unions do have such a they've got such a significant part in the history of the United States and going from times with horrific labor laws and wild labor abuses, you know. Mm-hmm. And then labor's got crazy powerful and the mobs involved and there's too much money. Yeah. It goes through swings. Of, yeah, we're kind of pendulum more central now, I think. But unions are just in general, very annoying for anyone that's not in one. Because they I think the hard, yeah, the hard part is there's no real stable middle point because it just keeps shifting and shifting because yeah. there's no like there's no force that's going to bring it to an equilibrium. Whenever you have like a union situation like that, like if the situation is really really bad, then the unions are a good thing and they can make like labor more protected and they but have then to you have, just keep and, yeah, going and you've and got going. to have laws and you've got to have laws that give them the opportunity to do that right but then also if it's not if it's not a situation where things are being abused all of a sudden those laws are being abused mm-hmm. right it just keeps going and going there's no like there's no way to go better from there but the pendulum swings uh forever in so many ways but yeah so the Teaching, teaching, and I, I, I kind of think I would have, I would have enjoyed being a teacher to a certain extent. I think I would have somewhat enjoyed interacting with kids. You know, I think it would have been, it would have been good. And I, I don't know, I don't know what I would have taught. That that's a decent question. What would I have taught? <laughs> I, I, I almost certainly would have hung myself at some point in time if I taught below like sophomores in, in high school. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I could. I would love to teach. I mean, that's, <laughs> I'd be crazy to be even considering it if I wasn't very interested in it just because I know, like, I can make over twice as much. Just not very... a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But summer's off, Sean. Summer's off. Sort of. Yeah, sort of. You're right. And then you, then you decide to sign up for summer school for 2500 bucks uh-huh. for three months. And then, God anyway, damn idiot. You're, you're putting in <laughs> far over 40-hour weeks the rest of the year. Yeah, and the highest you can get is the head of a department, which, what does that even mean? No, so I will uh, I will likely stay the course and continue just to take shots at teachers from the, from the sidelines and from my PTA meetings or some school board. That's I'll just take shots at, I take shots at the, like, leadership in teachers or, like, the higher level. I don't know. I, I think like that's fair. Yeah, most of the individual teachers, they really do seem to be in it for the right reasons a lot of the time. Like, except most gym of them teachers. seem to care. Everyone except gym teachers, probably, in my experience, probably. at least. <laughs> Although, you know what? Credit to credit to my 65-year-old female gym teacher. I'm just not going to drop her name because I feel like it would be too easy. Uh, 
she, her heart was in the game. She would injure herself, like, every year. Um, oh, my goodness. She would injure herself weightlifting every year. She was an absolute savage. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the craziest things in the world. So, she was dedicated to the game. But, yeah. Not that they teach you anything useful about health. Anyway. Oh, absolutely not. Not even a little bit. Yeah, it was mostly trying to find excuses to get out of the pacer. <laughs> but being in cross country, they give you a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can run, I promise. <laughs> I have a meet tonight. Please don't. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. doing a ten, we're doing a 12 mile run. Please don't. <laughs> uh, I tweaked my ankle in practice yesterday. Yeah, but I, like, I, I promise I'd be above that. And also, it's just, I don't know. I'm, my, I'm in shape. Mildly athletic and not an asshole in class, so the teachers were generally pretty decent. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh man, have you ever thought about how what it'd be like to interact with your high school self? Yeah, a little bit. I, how... I have a terrible memory, so I always have a hard time remembering <laughs> what I was like. I think I have a mildly more negative memory of myself. In the sense of, any time I think about myself in high school, I was just this cocky little shit, which is probably, which I think is tr- true. I'm but. sure, I'm sure you're like a nice person to your classmates most of the time. Like I'm sure you're having pleasant interactions. For sure, I was definitely, and and like I don't know, my parents would have people tell them all the time how polite I am and shit like that. But uh-huh. I was for sh- I was definitely, I don't know, I, I was. I would probably say I was more arrogant. I was certainly more open about <laughs> my arrogance at that point <laughs> in my life. Now it's much more of a, a shell game. Uh, but back in the day, I was certainly, uh, I was very confident. I was mostly the smartest, typically the smartest person in the room. Yeah, probably usually were. That's what that may be true. That, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That may be true, but it'd be, I think it'd just be funny to have a, just sit down and chat with myself eight years ago at 16. Mm-hmm. It know? definitely would be. It's fun. I mean, my younger brother is four years younger, so I get a little bit of that, but How his, personality is, nah, his personality is pretty different. In what ways? Um, I mean, he's much less of a math and science guy, for sure. Interesting. He's not a math and science guy. Wild. What's he do? What's he like? Business. He's interested in entrepreneurship and stuff. Respect. That's dope. What What are your like? What are your more personal like personality differences though? Um. Because my sister and I are different in the sense of she's she's a lot more forward and brazen than I am for the most part. She's not quite, I mean, she's, she's plenty social and very capable of it, but she's Mm -hmm. not, that's not her necessarily natural state. Uh, like I've always enjoyed having a ton of friends and she's always had three super, super close friends or something like that, you know? Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely more of an introvert and more of a jokester. (laughs) He's a little more serious, but a little more outgoing. A little more, but he's also started, he's picked up on the jokes the older he gets. He's developed a personality. He's, yeah. We're, we're still working on him. Hey, man. We all, 
<laughs> I think I think back to the Sean Thompson I met, and you're when I first met. Oh, Jesus, government name. I'm sorry. You could no. cut that. <laughs> That's all right. I used my own name. <laughs> uh, when I think back to meeting you freshman year, though, I think you are definitely still. I just think the way I've always thought about it is I just thought you had to come out of your shell. No, I was super in my shell. That's what I was thinking about when you were like, oh, what would it be like to meet your high school self? Like, I was super in my shell, too, and I knew it. Yeah. But I, that that's why it'd just be, like, weird, because I don't really know how the conversation would go. I'd probably just be like, well... <laughs> okay. There's not a lot here. One-word answers, and we're good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who'd talk more, me or my younger self. I'd probably just be annoyed. <laughs> shut up, you little <laughs> shut up, you little bitch. Answer my questions. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be hilarious, actually. <laughs> Getting you and your younger self in a room. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably say some just overtly offensive stuff to myself. You'd just throw your hands in the air and just be like, I can't <laughs> believe this is me. <laughs> yeah. He'd probably drop some like homophobic slur right in my face and be like, "Okay, one, we don't yeah. say that at my age, and <laughs> two, <laughs> and two, show a little respect." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about uh, meeting you the other day, though, because one, I don't, I don't really remember the first time I met you, but I also don't ever think we had a phase that we weren't like friends, though. I feel like we hit it off very, very fast. I've thought about that too. I think it was like it was kind of a transition, like over a few months. I feel like, yeah, like there was never a moment or a few moments where it was like, wow, now I'm really good friends with Brett or this friendship's emerging. Yeah. I think it, the first few months of freshman year, we weren't really especially friends. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, your roommate was definitely much more, a little more outgoing. Yeah, much more. Uh, but I don't know, like, it, it just doesn't seem like after, after we've known each other, didn't, it, I never, at least in my mind now, it just doesn't ever feel like there was a time when I was just not somewhat close, like, with you. Because I think, I don't ever think there was an awkward period in our friendship. I think we were just friends. Like, we were just boys pretty quickly. Yeah, I agree. I don't think there was ever, there was never a period, yeah, where we had, like, a off time really i guess or like it wasn't like there were ups and downs really no, at least yeah. throughout the first few years and i don't know maybe the turning point was me sitting on your futon having my first full beer <laughs> like some milwaukee oh milwaukee, yeah probably old milwaukee old mill it was it in a was it, it was probably mine been in an orange can orange can or something yep, yeah you had like classic. the gold orange at some point like... <laughs> yeah no old mills usually red and gold but uh that i think the first because for a while tyler and i just bought hard alcohol because uh-huh. that was the stuff that tasted better beer beer is such an acquired taste and people don't really tell you that super yeah beer you've gotta you've gotta decide you're gonna drink it and that's when i bought a case of lineys and he bought a case of old mill and we decided we were gonna become beer drinkers that's how it happened that's hilarious mm-hmm. yeah i swear to god that was the conversation that uh tyler, that tyler and i had because kate would always buy for us mm-hmm. shout out having a senior sister and i think i, I think it was in october sometime in mid-october because that would make sense for the orange cans yeah no it uh, was yeah 
Because that's by Halloween. <laughs> by Halloween, yeah. With my yeah, drinking we habits. For, and we were definitely boys by then. Yeah. So it could have been it could have been that many months, you know what I there mean? If we were, yeah. yeah. There was a long time where we sort of just had the whole group that we were boys and like you were roommates with Tyler, so yeah. you guys were always a little closer. I don't know For when sure. like the two of us started to stand out a little I bit. Know. I don't know either when we really when we really forged our super, super close friendship, but and that's and maybe that's part of it that I just did. I don't know. In my mind, it didn't even take time. I don't know why, but it doesn't feel like it did because I was—I don't know—I've never thought of you as not a—I've never thought of you as not a close friend of mine. Yeah, at least, basically. At least since, like, I'm sure if you'd asked me like a month after we'd known each other, I wouldn't. For have said, sure. Like, yeah, but yeah, at some no, point, yeah, and that month is evidently very lowly weighted in my memory. I don't remember the first <laughs> month of college or two months, like really at all. All I remember is Jeff. Well, one, <laughs> there are two standout memories. One, I got told that I was a flake, like one of the first within five days of being a, a a freshman, because everyone was like going out to the lake and shit and swimming. But I I had other friends that had all been that were all coming to Madison at the same time. Uh huh. Yeah. So my friend Dina, like I I went and hung out with her one of the first few days of college because I hadn't seen her in forever. And we were both in the same place now, so why not? And I was told I was a flake <laughs> by Abby and Anna, which was hilarious. Oh, well, <laughs> there's two opinions that I put zero weight on. Yeah, I've always held them a little closer to my heart than you, but yes, I feel you. Yeah. yeah, but I've always been a better judge of character. Okay. <laughs> 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 How how are we going to adjudicate that claim, sir? We're not. That was just yes. Just you're gonna you're gonna fire just one shot across yeah. my bow, and this is and, just and get the, the reaction you wanted. <laughs> uh, but so I got called a flake, and I remember that. And then I remember going to the Triangle Market and buying Jeff a porno. That was hilarious. Yeah, that's a good memory. Yeah, Jeff not being allowed in the vape shop because it oh was like nine thirty, two and a half hours before his before birthday. His birthday and the hard ass vape shop people, fucking I guess, ridiculous. Like, the, the least likely group of people to be sticklers. Yeah, about any sort of rules. Like they're selling bongs disguised as tobacco yep. devices, <laughs> and they throw them out. Yeah, then buying Jeff that penthouse that came with a DVD. Wow. And later watched at full volume. <laughs> I'll never forget that elevator ride with Jeff either. When, <laughs> when someone said there was some pervert and Jeff's wing that watches porn on full volume. I was like, well, yeah, that guy's a freak. Yeah, you don't want to so be around him. Yeah, not good friends with him. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely incredible content there, but oh my god, it's I I don't know. I'll reserve the more of the memory lane trip for every for uh, just a you and me conversation. But uh-huh. it is kind of it's interesting how friendships form because some are definitely more taxing and take a lot longer. But like I said, with you, it's never felt like it was a thing that even took time. 
just yeah, felt like all definitely. of a sudden we were because we by by sophomore year we were definitely very close. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I wonder when I by was... my birthday freshman year. Yeah, definitely by then. I yeah, I guess I wonder when I would have started calling us like best friends or yeah, I don't know. But it definitely never felt like any work. Like, it was totally just organic. Yeah, absolutely. Our friendship's never been one where I, like, felt uncomfortable saying what I wanted to say. But at the same, by that same token, freshman year, I was a little bit more uh, ballsy with what I was willing to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder, I, I wonder if you would have been less ballsy if you had been more worried about pissing off a friend, I guess that's the reason we're friends is because we're not worried about pissing each other off or don't care how ridiculous things are that other people say. Well, the thing is, is I don't, well, one with you and me, I don't know what, I don't know what you would say where I'd be like, what the fuck, Sean, you know? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be fun? Let's try to say something that's actually mean. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I could. I don't know what I could say. Like, I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's anything in the general, like, topics of things I could say. I could probably get, like, pointed with things I know about your life that I could probably find something mean in, but I'm just not going to do that because that's really mean. Yeah. Maybe, I don't even think I'd be bothered. Like, always, maybe yeah, I and it, make up some lies, but. Yeah, I don't, that, and that's the other thing. Like, think about the things I'd say to you that you'd say to me. I'd be like, oh, okay, like, fine. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> like like personal stuff. Like, what are you going to say about my like family and like my friends are mostly your friends? So what 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 are you going to do here, Sean? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Call you a loser for chopping wood. I that's like the best <laughs> I got. Yeah. Boom roasted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah, no shit. the worst insults <laughs> ever. I think like he's running the table. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's it's a. I think it's a good place for everyone to to be at, though. I hope every whoever listens to this, I hope they've all got somebody they they feel as comfortable as I do with you, like doing whatever and saying whatever, and a person that you don't really think you can insult or that could really insult you. Mm-hmm. Do you think many it's people a good, do? I don't, know. I don't know. That's a that's a good question. Not that necessarily everyone wants to have a friend like that either. Uh, well, but, one, I would say, I don't think everyone's got the personality for it. Yeah. I mean, and, like... Well, some people just prefer, like, more shallower friendships versus, well, and, like, a few deep ones. And I wouldn't even necessarily say that. Well, definitely true. I would say some people are a little more prideful or put a little more value on, like, respect, you know? Oh, sure. I've always thought... <laughs> People saying disrespectful, like, okay, move on. I've never, I've never thought respect was, respect's never been a thing I've prioritized that much in the sense of, I usually just don't fucking care that much. Like, I don't feel the need to, there are very few people that I want to respect me or care if they respect me. Yeah, I agree, and in the way that a lot of people talk about it, like there's the baseline level of like respecting someone as another person. For sure. But, but also like that, if, if you're not willing to do that with me, then okay, fuck you. You're not my well, life. Sure, That's yeah. fine. 
Right, I don't have a problem like not being bothered by that then, because it's clear that that person is just like a lunatic or just an asshole or whatever. Yeah, and and people get so upset about shit like that. Like that's where bar fights start. <laughs> yeah, right. Who the fuck cares if you think this person's being disrespectful to you? It doesn't matter. Because so I would I would say people that are I don't. It's hard to describe because I would probably describe myself as a prideful person in a fair amount of ways, but. In a lot of ways, I don't. I just don't think people can hurt me, you know. Mm-hmm. But because my my cousin mentions things that are respectful or disrespectful, it's like, come on, who fucking cares? It's yeah, such a I, it's such a thing to get weighed down by to me. Here we go. Just we're just gonna agree aggressively <laughs> <laughs> on this topic. Like that's. I feel like that's the classic, almost like old conservative person stereotype of like yeah. they think the world's supposed to be a certain way when they see people not acting in some preconceived notion that they have of how people are supposed to act like it really just gets under their skin and so even he, like more i mean it, most people i think have some degree of that so here is where i i think we can bring what i'm saying what you're saying together i think there's I think everyone probably has what they consider a baseline of respect or what they consider they need to meet their baseline, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I need these terms or conditions to be met for myself to feel respected. Yeah, right. Like boundaries. And, yeah, and I just think most, and where I think some people get lost in this is their boundaries are just silly. I don't need, my baseline's not very high. <laughs> it's and I don't get upset usually if it's if it's not met. Yeah, I don't I don't feel the need to make my make like, you need to respect me. You need to treat me like this and this and this. And I no, I don't fucking care how you. Mm-hmm. If you want to interact with me in a negative way, I'm just gonna talk shit about you on my podcast. So <laughs> yeah, I agree. I understand the middle ground too, though. Like I'm super low. Like it takes so much to get me upset with somebody. Like no matter what they do or say or how like ridiculous they are. I think oh, it takes oh. it takes about two seconds for me to get upset with somebody, but it takes a lot, a lot, a lot of work for me to be like, I'm being disrespected in this scenario. This person needs to change how they're behaving so that I can feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. I'll be yeah. annoyed with somebody in a heartbeat over the littlest thing, but <laughs> but to actually to feel to feel the term I've been disrespected uh-huh. needs to be applied for me is so. So ridiculous, because that would that would, that infers that I respect their opinion, or I right. care what they have to say, and I fucking don't. <laughs> yeah, that's such a great quality to have too. Like, I guess you could say there's some downsides, but I don't really see too many. Like, I almost always think it's better to just be able to not care about whatever the strangers think. Yeah, and and, and I'm talking a lot of talk in the sense of I do kind of care what people think. To a yeah. certain extent, for sure. And on, on, on certain things, I care a lot more than others. But, but Right, when the other person's being ridiculous, then it really doesn't matter. Yeah. The only time I, the, the times I get most upset are when I feel like my thoughts and ideas aren't being respected the way that they should be. That's when I, that's when I get most upset. Like when people that I know are smart aren't acknowledging my thought that is generally very thoughtful. As thoughtful, I get annoyed. <laughs> that's maybe when that, I get the most frustrated. Maybe that's my 
in to actually pissing you off. <laughs> I'm just going to subtly but drop hints that's that the, if you're full of it. <laughs> that's the other thing, though. I'd be like, Sean, I know you're smart. And I would probably yell, Sean, I know you're smarter than this at some point in time. Because <laughs> I, I very much upset uh, my cousin when we were playing Secret Hitler. Because I told right. him, because I told him, because I was telling him, I'm not comfortable with, like, after another fascist policy got played, I'm not comfortable with the president, the chancellorship or whatever gets to move the presidency going to the person who just played the fascist tile, even though you both say you're liberals. Like, the, the president and the chancellor just going back and forth uh-huh. is not my favorite thing at any point in the game. Yeah. Unless I know you're a fascist like I am. And so but when I'm a liberal, yell, I know you're things like that. <laughs> yeah. So, so I said, you can't honestly be pushing for this because this looks like the most suspicious thing in the world when you just, this government just put forth a fascist tile. He said, yeah, but, but we're both liberals. So like we both know we're liberals. So like we can just have a liberal government again. And he said, yeah, that'd be a great move for a fascist too. And he said, well, well, none of us would think of it like that. And I said, okay. So am I supposed to am I supposed to be upset that I'm giving you credit that you might have this idea? And I did probably go a little too far when I said <laughs> when I said uh Well, I said, well, either you're you know what you're doing and you're playing this game right, or I've played with people who are better at the game than you. <laughs> that that probably makes him have a good response. Yeah, and, and again, that's when he said I was being disrespectful. And I said, I told you you're smart enough to make this move. How is that being disrespectful? I'm yeah. the one giving you credit here. <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? Well, it's just an emotional thing, man. <laughs> yeah, and that's when it's like, yeah, man, I... That, that game is the worst. It's such a fun game, but it is... It's so toxic, it's insane. But, whatever. That, that an interesting kind of part of the uh, going back to the friendship conversation is we obviously go on ridiculous tangents. Uh, I just don't think certain people are cut out to have this kind of relationship because their threshold for being disrespected is too high for it to be for someone to be able to say whatever they want to or anything and them to not be upset by it, you know? Right. Yeah, they have a lot of boundaries that are easy to cross. So you almost can't get to the level of like depth and vulnerability because you're always worried that you're not going to say something out of bounds. I don't think that's necessarily true either. I don't think that I don't think that the level of depth or vulnerability is I guess I was thinking more of the specific parameters that not everyone has a friendship where they can say anything they want and it's going to be fine. Yeah, because I don't. I mean, the example in my in our lives would be Nick. I love Nick to death, and he's one of my best friends. But I know that there are certain like if I if I made certain jokes or said something to him, it could be taken the wrong way, or it could be it would elicit a reaction from him that probably would be positive. Mm-hmm. Even okay. though I'm, yeah. even though I consider myself very close to him, and I've had very deep conversations with him. You know? Right. Yeah, I guess there's just certain areas that are kind of off limits. Which is yeah. Which is which fine. I mean, it's totally fine because because yeah. most of those areas are jokes. Like, and and there are definitely people in my life that 
if you made a joke about their mom or something, it'd be an issue. Versus, mine's just like, okay, that's probably unnecessary, but I don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> right, don't keep that up. Don't make too many of those jokes, but we'll let it just roll off our backs. Yeah, but it's not, it's not going to be a big deal if it happens, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if it happens repeatedly, you're probably just an asshole and you probably don't need to be in my life anyways. Yeah, right. We probably won't find each other around each other very often. Yeah, but I don't know. Like it's So I think I think there are definitely some personality types where it's impossible to have the I can say anything and like no one's going to walk away upset conversation. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that limits the ability to have a, a very close, very deep friendship. Because you just understand there are certain boundaries or like certain jokes that you're not going to make, which I don't think those jokes necessarily define the depth of the friendship. Yeah, I guess it depends on how far it extends from jokes to ideas or how many conversations, because I feel like that would start to limit our friendship if we had some things like that. That's that's probably true. I, I I was starting to think, I, as soon as I was saying it, I was thinking about it a little bit differently in the sense of there are things, I guess the idea that you and I can't really offend each other, that whatever we say is not going to be immediately taken as offensive, uh, creates a lot more opportunity to have significant conversations regularly, mm-hmm. whereas there's probably like a quota in conversations with Maddie, there's a quota on how many <laughs> offensive jokes I can make or how, like, boundary pushing I can get with something. Like, yeah, yeah like, I've only got yeah, that makes sense. three jokes a conver- like per two-hour conversation that are going to be really edgy, you know? Mm. Yeah. Versus a conversation with you, I could, it doesn't matter. You know, so you're. I've definitely got to be a, a little more thoughtful in, in conversations like that, but Again, I think that's a person who is one of my best friends and I have a very, very deep relationship with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I guess the idea would be she knows every aspect of me. I just don't let all the aspects out all the time. Versus with you, it's just kind of running amok. <laughs> yeah. And there's something a little beneficial because it is a little, like you have to be on your game a little bit less. But it's really not that much of a difference. No, yeah. I mean, my ideas and arguments get a lot more refined talking to other people generally. (laughs) Because I don't really have to, I don't always have to try that hard talking to you, you know? Yeah. Or I don't have to try and like rephrase things to try and make them make sense. Right. Or step over whatever boundaries those people have or work my way over, under, or through. So yeah, there's it's def it's easier when you don't have to deal with that, but I don't think it's limiting. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's just my experience too. But I'd also recommend that if you have a way to make a friendship like this where you don't have to have any of that, it's it's really great. <laughs> yeah. I I agree. I hundred percent agree. It's it's going to bring you the most joy because it's the the easiest uh to work with, for sure. Hmm. But here's a, I had a, I had a question that I wanted your thoughts on that I thought of today. So, this is gonna be a wild change of pace. But 
for white people, obviously the N-word is very, very taboo. Yes. Like, you don't get to say it, you don't get to write it, you don't get to really reference it. Well, yeah. Without saying N-word, quote-unquote. Well, apparently that's maybe off-limits, too. You've got to be careful now. That's what I'm saying. So, for us, the the usability of the term is very low. (laughs) But, in Hollywood, in comedy, it's not like it's an uncommon phrase by any means, in, like, roasts and things like that. And a lot of writers, I would be very comfortable saying the vast majority of writers in Hollywood are white. So what do they do when they're writing a script or jokes or something that involve the N-word? And how <laughs> how is that not anything anyone's freaked out about? I mean, I'm glad they haven't, but... I guess no one's thought of it. But you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I know if, what you mean. if you're writing Django Unchained, I'm willing to bet not everyone was white. Or not everyone was black on that uh, writing yeah, yeah, staff. Yeah. Maybe they just don't care. Maybe they realize like it doesn't matter. Or maybe it's just so contextual to the job. But that's that's the next thing. is Okay, so Hollywood is now capable of using nuance and understanding. Well, I guess, I don't know. Maybe actors when there's money actors, involved, yeah. But maybe actors and actresses aren't, for as much posturing as they do, and virtue signaling, maybe they aren't thoughtful enough to generally consider this. But, I mean, you gotta think people would have an issue with it if you're looking at a writing room of all white people that are just thrown around the N-word in script. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. So I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I, a... I guess, yeah, I never thought of that. <laughs> Maybe someday soon, like, we'll see an article about it. And that's, and that's the thing. You see in, in Hollywood all the time, you see people freaking out about a, a role being, a, a role of a trans woman being played by a non-trans woman. Mm-hmm. When that's the dumbest thing in the world because actor is quite literally uh, what these people are. Uh, they take on roles that they don't have in real life. It's kind of the job. And it's more about skill than about fitting the character perfectly. Yeah, because if you are skilled, you make it happen. Like, anyone who's ever played Hitler didn't actually probably hate Jews or go on to kill six million of them via their policies. But someone's got to do it. And they're very capable, so why not? Why wouldn't they be allowed to have the job? But, I don't know. It was just so... For a lot of ridiculous posturing you see out of Hollywood, this must not be something that's been thought of. Or they're all even more full of shit because they just let it slide. Yeah, I don't know which one it is. Maybe both. I'm sure, I mean, everyone must know. Like, I mean, people in those rooms, right? Like, someone comes up with a script, like, you know who wrote it. Like, And, like... They've got to be saying the jokes or something out loud, you know? Or the they've got to be doing reads of the script or something, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, I don't know. Uh, I, maybe maybe they have some crafty way of getting around it. But, I mean, how ridiculous would it be just to see a script with N and a bunch of asterisks? <laughs> like, that's comical. That's comically absurd. It could be. I mean, it wouldn't be, like, that unfeasible, but I agree, it's 
kind of ridiculous that you wouldn't just actually just use the word. Yeah. Talk about, I mean, wow. You're, you're At that point, you're just giving a term such insane power over everyday life. It's, it'd, be, it'd be absurd. But also, I don't, but also it kind of has that. Oh, it definitely so it's has really, that. It's really hard to, I don't know. I don't, I can't decide where I fall on the whole spectrum of things because it may, yeah, it does make sense that that word is that hyper sensitive. And while I'm a person who thinks it shouldn't be as powerful as it is, you're not going to catch me saying it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'd simply, like, yeah, <laughs> I will openly be a hypocrite on what, while I think it should be acceptable for more people to use, you will not find my white ass saying that word at any point in time in the near future. Yeah, I mean, I never have a reason to say it. So, there's that. I, yeah, fair. Also, also true. But also, <laughs> you know, avoid it in most situations. There's always a safer, yeah, but, but more graceful. But how many situations would you read it out loud in? Like, like let's none. say... I mean, I guess I found, yeah. like, singing lyrics would be the most likely, I think. And that might be the most offensive way. Is it? No. No, I don't. I don't think so. But maybe I don't. It's probably. I, I don't think so. It's probably think mildly less offensive than if you're like reading Huck Finn out loud at a book club. Yeah, but I don't think it's offensive. I feel like you could just all agree, like beforehand, like okay, how do we feel Listen, about using this word? I'm going to say the N word in this song because I want to. <laughs> or, well, yeah. Or you ask. Well, if you're reading, I guess I was talking about the book club, like, but. Yeah, I don't know. I guess if you're just going down the street, like, singing a song, I'm sure you'd draw some looks. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it always don't... amazes me how much power people are willing to give someone else over themselves by being so sensitive to words. Like, I oh, don't absolutely. think many people think about it that way, but, like, with most people, you could go up to them and say some sequence of words and completely just make them a wreck yeah, on the ground. Ruin their day. Like and most that's people, amazing power to have. Most people it's not even a sequence, it's one word. Yeah. Or like or a phrase like I mean okay. Well <laughs> I talk about what I don't say, but I will. Uh like how many how many people would be comfortable if you walked how many women would be comfortable if you walked up on the street and said, What's up, cunt? You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, you'd, you'd really get them. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And I, I, I kind of get it, but also, okay, you know, yeah, I, I can only see that as a thing that would ruin most people's day, but also, I don't know, a, a bad interaction with strangers is always weird. It is always weird, right? If someone just came up to you and started like, trying to be really mean and insult you, like, probably break through. But I've also had a bunch of ridiculous slurs yelled at me by homeless people and it's kind of like yeah <laughs> you know and maybe that's just more again my personality and also the part that they're a homeless person yeah maybe it's i've never had because we all just look down like them like they're not a real person where this is it's a if it's a well-dressed <laughs> right so here's some good seemingly respectable member have. of society <laughs> yeah exactly it's different <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. So I don't, I don't, I don't know how that would generally go. But I would imagine, 
I think I would agree for the most part, or at least what I picture as an interaction when I when I drop a some form of slur in some way or another would probably ruin most people's day, or at least give them a very negative next fifteen minutes. Yeah, probably a day, or at least have ripples throughout the day, which really just amazes me. Same. I just I don't really I don't, I don't understand it, but also. And maybe that's the other part about being a white guy that's straight, you know? I no. think that this is a conversation. This is probably a situation where that is something somewhat significant. Yeah, we have far less <laughs> sensitive words. Well, we've got words that people haven't told us we should be sensitive to. Yeah, that too. But I don't know. I mean, honestly, the, the word the words that I'm most sensitive to or that I'd be most concerned about being called are like racist and bigot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is funny because I don't know. They're sensitive because they are they're words that like those charges are significant. They're very significant. But at the same time, without any kind of evidence or reason behind it, why should it fucking matter? Again. Yeah. I mean, it's the same conversation, basically, whether or not this random person who's being ridiculous can get to you. And it seems yeah. like most of the time, for most people, at least on social media settings, it can. And, and I think it is probably, it's probably very different, the idea of being called a racist or a bigot or a homophobe or something. If I just got if I was walking by a protest and somebody saw I was a white dude walking the other way and they called me a racist or a homophobe, I probably uh-huh. just wouldn't give a fuck. I'd probably yeah. call you and tell you about it. But <laughs> if I'm in a conversation or in a group setting and racist or bigot gets dropped on you, that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. Because even if the charges are completely ridiculous, which they often are, I mean, that's a t- it's a tough one. You've gone through that exact scenario like senior year when Nikki yeah. just dropped some completely outrageous things on you and like, yeah, it was tough and it It wasn't fun. But like, it, and I don't know. That's I, why I slander. Yeah. Fortunately I those groups of pe- those people are all very good people and had my back. But if I don't know, I mean, hell. And I guess part of that is, well, damn, what if I am a homophobe, you know, or something like that? Because that's, that's going to be your first thought. Like, what could I have possibly said to get this person to think that? it's Well, at least in my case, it's not this person's just a, a crazy bitch who wants to kind of ruin your life a little for fun. Mm-hmm. Which it should have been my first thought, but heaven forbid I give someone a little bit of benefit of the doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, <laughs> now you've learned. Yeah, no shit. I should have just asked you. <laughs> you should have. <laughs> I would have told you very straightforwardly how much you should have valued that opinion. <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was definitely one of the hardest parts of, of the start of senior year, at least. Like, having these allegations leveled against you, not knowing how true... Because I obviously know they're not true. Or I, I know I've never said things like... Like, I, yeah. Believe it or not, I make a ton of edgy jokes, but I've never <laughs> done it from a place of hate, you know, mm-hmm. or malice, or to hurt someone. Or because you meant it. Yeah, yeah. or yeah, or even because yeah, I meant it. 
I mean, the best joke's got a little bit of truth, but, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, no, I've never, all those jokes are funny to me because they're so absurd on face. But, yeah, and you're trusting that these other people can also recognize the absurdity, which yeah. unfortunately some can't. And that's that's the other thing. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, like what joke I made or what. Like, what did I do to make this person uncomfortable? And when I heard what it was, I was like, well, one, that's for sure not something I would have said because I don't find the joke in that. And for everyone that doesn't know, well, one, Nikki was a person who was in mine and Sean's friend group, kind of through junior year. Well, through junior year, for sure. And then uh, was dating Sean's roommate from freshman year, Connor. Hindsight 2020, they're both kind of shitty people. I think most that know them, at least in our worlds, would agree with that. I don't know, Sean, do you have a... Do you have a disagreement with that? A five-second defense? I think a lot of people aren't sure whether or not they're shitty people still just because they're so insistent upon giving people the benefit of the doubt. But they definitely have some very difficult personality traits. Very difficult, in my case, openly slanderous and trying to get you excommunicated from a friend group. Yes, (laughs) and being very selfish. Oh, yeah. Amongst others. And insanely manipulative. Back to back to the story. So, junior summer, we all hang out all the time, like all the time. And I, it was ba- it might have been a week before senior year started. I was told by Nikki that like I'm not part of the friend group anymore, and that I, they're not comfortable having me around their house because I'm homophobic and I don't know, a bigot in some sense of term, whatever. And what it came down to, at least one of one of the things I was told is that freshman year, I had told Nikki that because she identified as bisexual, she wasn't a real human being. <laughs> which it's just funny every time you hear a statement like that. Which is, one, absurd. Like, and I, this is, I will fully say, I have no qualms making a joke about, like, sexuality or someone, how they identify or whatever demographic trait you want to go off of. I have no qualms making those jokes. But also, they have to be funny. Or they're, or at least to me, I find them funny in some way, shape, or form. Right. I understand. I've definitely had jokes that didn't hit before. <laughs> and that makes sense. It's fine. It was funny to me. It wasn't funny to you. But if you're going to tell me I said verbatim that you're not a real person because you're bisexual, one, I didn't because I don't see the joke. Like, where's where's the joke in that? That's not a funny sentence, and there's not a joke around it. So I don't. I I cannot believe I would have said that. And two, no, I. <laughs> two. That was two and a half years ago, or three years ago. We didn't. We could have had a conversation at some point in time in the last three years. Or you've just kept me around the last three years for funsies? What is happening here? It's called finding drama out of thin air. Yeah, so obviously me being a good person was stressed that I'd done something to offend a group of people that I care about a fair amount. So I started texting everybody and asked everybody, like, yo, like, what is going on here? Like, 
obviously I know I make some off color jokes from time to time. They're probably not always going to be perfect, but like, do you guys really think that I'm like a bigot or a racist or whatever? Like that I hate gay people or bisexual people or whatever. And fortunately it was unanimous nose <laughs> across the board, but yeah, it was a stressful 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. You were concerned. You reached out to a lot of people and had Cause I some very honest conversations. Yeah. Cause you do. You have a big <laughs> fucking heart. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, that's never my intent. That's never my intent. That, and it never was. I've never made those jokes. Like I said, I've, I've definitely changed a lot in the last four years. But I was never making those jokes or edgy comments like to hurt people. And, I, uh, yeah, they were people I cared about. They are people I care about. And if I had been hurting them, I wanted to know so I could apologize. <laughs> And ask for forgiveness, like, and mm-hmm. say, you know what, my bad. But yeah, so fortunately, I was in a, I was in a situation where a lot of people didn't feel that, or everyone else didn't feel the same way. And I don't know. I would assume that caused at least a minor rift between uh, those two and everyone else. But well, they managed that on their own with many other scenarios. Yeah, and that gap just continued to grow because they are they can't help but be assholes for the most part yeah they're they're a hurt people hurt people kind of situation partially and there's also just like you're an asshole a lot of the time yeah and it uh, at the same like at the same time i just feel bad you know i'm i'm sorry that you're not capable of i don't know being better and not being not making everything about you and having genuine conversations with people Mm -hmm. yeah that's how i feel too after like after i'm done being like annoyed or upset or and i spend plenty of time being annoyed (laughs) but it always comes back to like i'm just sad that like because sometimes like anybody who's an asshole is also usually a nice person some of the time and sometimes a very nice person you can see a lot of good qualities and then it's just like it's very frustrating to see someone then also go around being such a dick and such a difficult person. I yeah, don't know. And, I mean, I don't know. Even until that point, I'd given them as much because I, I don't know. Obviously, there were plenty of things that had happened even before then with other people in our friend group that were like, mm, this is not good and I don't like it. But again, nothing had ever happened to me. Benefit of the doubt. I didn't really, I don't know. You're in college. You hear a bunch of rumors that aren't always true. Or that are, you hear a bunch of rumors from one side. And, you know, that person's a member of a friend group. Like, try and give them a benefit of the doubt because you've never had that negative of an interaction. But yeah, as soon as you come for me and <laughs> slander me in insanely bad ways, it's over. Mm-hmm. Go fuck yourself. I don't care anymore. But that was, yeah, that was definitely a, a stressful point in my life. <laughs> Yeah, that's hard. It's always hard to know, like, whether you should take rumors like that seriously or, like, what onus is on you to try to figure out some truth when, I don't know, it's like, clearly there have been problems in the past and we shouldn't all just wait around until it's a problem with us, but also it's just, like, such a headache. Yeah, but I don't, and, and that's where... As far as like a rumor or allegations go, yeah, I took that very seriously because they were yeah. 
serious allegations, you know? So, I don't know. It's it's interesting because, yes, uh, when you're hearing things from strangers on the streets, you shouldn't necessarily care and it doesn't really matter. But when you are hearing things from people you perceived as friends that might impact your other actual friends, yeah, it's something you should probably take seriously and deal <laughs> with uh, quickly. But Very unfortunate. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was interesting. It was very interesting, but you get over it and you figure it out. And I was uh, an early victim of a cancellation, I guess, or an attempted. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, it all it all worked out in the end, and you you learn a lot of stuff and you figure it out. Yeah, people with those personalities of like willing to do that are just such a red flag for me now. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever really had that many in my life or maybe yeah maybe that was that might be case uh number one of, of severely and i don't even know if i misjudged the person but yeah perhaps it was just giving too much benefit of the doubt but and it is fortunate now that we're older like you're not in college you you have a lot more control over who you keep in your life and who you're friends with yeah definitely because that matters too like that was a person from our freshman year who lived with us as sophomores and who I spent a lot of time with or at their place of residence uh, as a junior. Yeah, when it's friends or friends, I think it's super complicated. For sure. So, I don't know. It's interesting. It's very interesting. But that's the, that's the complicated line you walk, and don't be advice to the people. Don't be a massive asshole. So when people accuse you of being a massive asshole, you can say uh, no, and everyone will have your back. Because that feels yeah. really good. Exactly. Have that good feels friends. really good. <laughs> yeah, have good friends uh, and be a good person because then those people will be inclined to stick by you. Hopefully. And that's where I would love to have a conversation with them. I would love to sit, just like sit down with them and be like, yo, what happened here? And then, did it go the way you thought it would? I just but, don't think that conversation would go anywhere. But I it can't, would be interesting if it was an actual conversation. I can't imagine it would. But I'd be, I'd just be, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be fascinating to hear, one, did they actually think that those things happened? Or two, was, that, was it completely made up? And three, what was their goal? And four, was it accomplished? Those mm -hmm. are probably all the things that I would like to ask. <laughs> nice checklist. Do you yeah. feel like you're missing some closure on that? <laughs> I don't... I definitely don't need it. But it'd be... I think it'd be fun. Especially because mm -hmm. it all worked out well for me. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of other people are like missing closure on that. Oh, not really? specifically Just that. with them in general. Just with them in general, yeah. Why? Well, I think part of it is wondering, like, what went wrong with the friendship. Was it, was you it know, me? your fault or was it their <laughs> fault? It's or their what, fault. You know? I'll and answer like, the question also, to those people, and I'm sure you have to. <laughs> it's their fault. I tried, but it's... Yep. <laughs> have, they just, just, have, have they pretty much lost touch with everybody? 
Um, not quite. Interesting. But I don't know. They've never had friends for long. Like Connor's never had friends as friends for more than like one or two years. From what I've seen, he always bounces to a new friend group and a new friend group. That's got to be so exhausting. And I wonder why. Talk about something well, that'd be interesting psychologically. I mean, what do you mean? You wonder why? Because <laughs> I am not the other friends just don't that. work out. Yeah, because <laughs> at some point in time, everyone realizes you're an asshole, or you force the idea of you being an asshole down their throats. <laughs> but I don't know, man. It's it's interesting. People that there are definitely I don't know. I've had people in my life that bounce around friend group to friend group and still manage to not be a piece of shit. Yeah. So, I don't know. But after that series of wildly, mildly vague, I can imagine it's wildly vague for anyone who wasn't actually <laughs> involved, uh, anecdotes and stories. I don't know. Friendship friendship is a weird fucking thing. And it's it's definitely imperative that you find people that, I don't know, as this is this is when I get the most like zen, I get the most hippy dippy like we're on a wavelength, bro. But <laughs> you kind of do have to pe- you have to have people in your life where you're on a similar frequency. <laughs> there you go. You could just say that like your personalities mesh well or something less wooey wooey. But <laughs> but Sean, this is how I feel, and that's significant. That's, yeah, no, that's important to me. <laughs> I want to know what you're feeling. I don't know because it it, I don't, it it doesn't feel like. I don't know. It's it's really hard to describe because everyone that's listening and Sean, think about your best friend. Do your personalities mesh? Or think about your best friends, the, the closest people in your life. Do your personalities just mesh that well? Or are you in some way, shape, or form like the wavelength that you put out, the waves just get intensified by that person. They don't interfere. You know, that's what it seems like more to me. Because I don't think, I don't know if my personality matches that well with a lot of my friends, especially people in the fig. But, like Maddie, she and I, mm-hmm. I don't know, our waves don't interfere. They manage to amplify, generally. Every now and then you get a little out of sync. Uh-huh. <laughs> Got to tune up. Well, yeah. this is a nice theory. I'll let you have it. But what do you think? I mean, I do think it's just personality. And, I mean, I don't think it takes that special of a thing to create a friendship or a relationship. Like, we clearly but for don't a need close that friend, For a close friend, for your closest friends, it does take something a little more, I think. I don't think there's any magic involved, but... Oh, well. Wow. Yeah, that's Sean, just me. Sean yeah. really, really just putting it on the table honest. how he feels about our relationship here. I, I think there's magic. I, I, I see fireworks, but you know, I also see fireworks. I see a spark. <laughs> I just don't see anything that can't be described mathematically by... and with an equation. Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I actually wrote them out last night. Yeah, perfect. I'll have to. Uh, I'll logically prove them, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I it just feels like there's something more to the human connection and human interaction, but I don't know. Maybe I am uh, 
I've got my head in the clouds a little bit in that way, but. But that's all right if you do. You, you know, maybe you're right, and maybe you're at some clouds. But either way, okay, it's fine. And here, I'll lose. I'll lose everyone who thinks I'm a logical and rational person with this next uh, segment. But another thing, like you want, you want to know why I believe in God, Sean? Sure. <laughs> here we go. It. Here we go. I am a firm believer in some creator. I have no idea who the fuck's right, and it doesn't really matter, because everyone's an idiot. So, I have a firm believer in some creator. And I'm a big-time guided evolution person, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, and it really started senior year of high school, where I kind of just affirmed my position, and learning more about the human body afterwards has, of course, driven it home. But, how perfect the human body is it's i i cannot comprehend how having the correct gases and a lightning bolt led to the trillions of chemical reactions and interactions that occur in your body every day yeah that's i don't that's fucking understand imagine. it and I completely understand the idea of evolution and, you know, competitive advantages, of course. But I don't think people understand and respect how how perfect their body is, even if it does have defects. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous when you really like it's that. It's the like, most incredible machine. Out, yeah. yeah. If you tried to write everything out, you, I mean, you just go pages and pages and, like, you just go so deep into these like ridiculous And we don't areas. even understand all of it. Yeah, absolutely not. So it's, the human body is the reason I believe in God. <laughs> what about other animals? They're not as impressive to you? I mean, they're super dope too, but they're not humans. You know, there's one of us and a ton of them. Well, that's an interesting way to divide up all the life forms on Earth. <laughs> But I don't know. It's the high. I mean, the higher intelligence is definitely the thing that separates that, of course. Yeah. The idea that we're having this conversation is certainly the the differentiator. It does. It's always hard to imagine billions of years and what that time looks like, and what could happen with randomness in billions of years, but. For sure. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of people who... I mean, I think it's very reasonable to believe in some sort of creator. There's a great talk in South by Southwest by the guy who originally jailbroke the iPhone where he talks about (laughs) the simulation theory and how he believes in a creator now because he believes there's somebody who created the simulation that we're all running on. So... I, I would have to... I would have to probably be really high and sat down with some people that are much more knowledgeable about simulation theory than I am, but I, I'm in level with you. I can't imagine we're in a simulation. <laughs> I don't... I can't picture that there are ones and zeros somewhere behind all this. Obviously, that's a very lame analogy, kind of, but the idea is there, I think. Yeah, well, I've actually spent a lot of time listening about <laughs> things like that and about Artificial intelligence. So, 
Well, where do you fall on simulation theory, Sean? I think it's a fun thing to think about it. I don't think it's important for me or anybody to put any value on it. I'd be intrigued by, like, the randomness that would have to be coded into it. That'd be so crazy. And is there free will in simulation theory? No. Well, that seems to be a major flaw. Uh, just depends on how much neuroscience, you know. Well, okay. And you and I have argued about this about a thousand times. The idea of free will, because I firmly believe in it. And that's, I mean, the idea that you're a slave to your own consciousness is almost, it's almost a situation that you can't argue against because you end up in a wildly cyclical conversation. Yeah, no, you do. I mean, it's another conversation that's just, you're right, like, it really doesn't go anywhere. Like, it really doesn't matter either way. I mean, because it's either we do have it or we don't have it and we're already going to say these things. So it just, it really doesn't matter. But that's the the idea that we that our conversation is already that that you can say something and my does that my conversation or my response is just uh, <laughs> the idea that we're in like a Sims game where press one two three or four to respond and then you have a designated one two three or four is fucking crazy because <laughs> that that sounds like to me people that aren't capable of thought. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't really be in that kind of world. That, even the idea that we'd have options one, two, three, or four to select from wouldn't be the situation because, in theory, we don't have free will. So you respond, you have to respond one way. I have to respond in kind, which is absurd. Oh, well, it's not absurd. It is absurd. Like... Because, Sean, I mean, I have. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go into an anecdote that All I right. think will come together. So I was high the other night and I was talking to my lawyer friend, one of my lawyer friends, and we were talking about like the Derek Chauvin case, which one, we should probably talk about some pop culture stuff, but also who fucking cares. (laughs) Uh, I don't know know if a murder trial is pop culture either, but uh, so we were talking about the Chauvin case and I was like, one, I'm a little baked, so you got to hang with me. Bear with me. But two... I, it finally clicked to me what happens to my brain when I'm high and my thought process. Because I don't have a crazy amount of deep conversations when I'm high. And I think my brain still runs at full speed. Like the ideas and the processing, or the ideas are still kind of flying around the circle, the circular tornado that is my brain. But the piece of my brain that picks out the significant stuff Mm-hmm. And pieces them together into a cogent argument. And that thing is the slowest fucking thing in the world when I'm high. Because <laughs> I'll I'll have all the thoughts, but then I can't string them together. Sure. Like the the piece of me that is supposed to go bang, bang, bang. These are the, like of those four things that just flew by your head. These are the important parts. Say them in this order. Go. Is not capable of doing that at conversational speed when I'm hot. And that's where I don't think this idea that everything's predetermined is reasonable. 
or that or not not even necessarily predetermined, but that I only have a set amount of responses because I understand my own brain in the sense that there's this constant cloud of ideas and things flying by the processing center and only certain pieces get pulled out. And then when I'm high, that changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that there's a set number of responses. It's like, imagine you had... But if we didn't have free will, there would be no set number of responses. It would just be, you say something, I say something. You say something, I say something. Yeah, like because we're doing right I now. Wouldn't ha- yeah, but I wouldn't have a choice of the words I'm using. Because I don't have free will. Yeah, just imagine like you threw a bouncy ball around your room. Right? Like, it's going to start interacting with other things. It's not like the bouncy ball's deciding what to do, and it's not like the bouncy ball has options of what to do. It's just like interacting with the environment. But every single thing, you could calculate where the ball is going to land. Yeah. Versus, you can't with my head. I'm so close to drawing a wild epithet of sorts just to fuck with this situation that it's crazy. Sam Harris has a lot of good stuff on this. That's he's also an interesting super confusing. Dude. I haven't I haven't listened to him enough, but he's an interesting dude. He he has a pretty recent one on it that's behind his paywall, so you can only listen to a little bit of it unless you go get a free subscription or whatever, or actually pay for it. But, Sean, the Patreon guy, or <laughs> Substack. No, I don't. Or, I do not. He is. Like I'm a, considering. There's one group of people I'm considering patroning. Patron patroning probably maybe I don't know. Sure. Have you heard of the fifth column? Yeah, yeah I've been listening to their. Dude, that's a great podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're well, good. There you go. I I really really like them, and they're the one group of people that I really consider paying. Because mm-hmm. well, one, when you're doing the monotony of standing concrete floors, buddy, you need hours of content. You do. And I started listening to Chuck Berry today, but I just, it just wasn't a vibe. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I listened to probably. Six or seven hours in the fifth column. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, they, inter- they interview interesting people. Uh-huh. And they have good... I mean, they're a lot less worried about what they say, which is very refreshing. And it's much... It's very much my speed. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think they've got a collection of actually... Of pretty decent thinkers that bring on interesting interviewees. But. Yeah, it's not quite my thing because it's too like journalism. But yeah, I yeah, still they find do it love, interesting. They do love to talk about the the well, they call it a weekly rhetorical assault on blah 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 blah. Yeah, like, and they're all yeah, writer, the, the journalist writers, writers. So yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, know what you sure. expect, right? It's but it, and that's I don't know, and I guess maybe that's something where our fields of interest differ. Like that's such an interesting thing to me communication and practices and things of that nature are so interesting to me and Mm -hmm. norms in that environment. Mm -hmm. But that's, I mean, I've always been a, I will take up arms to defend the first amendment kind of person. And that's definitely a a different, perhaps a different value set uh, from yours and mine. Well, I don't know. Not, yeah, not that I, I, don't, I don't think you I don't would think be I'd next pick up to an me. actual gun, but <laughs> and I would a hundred percent. Right, I think I'd just fight in a different way, maybe less effectively. Using your free speech. <laughs> yeah, give me a cliche here. 
but no, like that's where, where that's something that I always find fascinating. You're definitely uh, more interested and intrigued by human thought processes, which I think is cool, but, and maybe I just haven't found the right stuff yet, you know, because I get most of my information from you, or at least most of the <laughs> conversation starters from you. Uh-huh. But I do find the idea of not having free will in the sense of it's like a bouncy ball bouncing around the room. Mm-hmm. I don't believe the things that come out of my mouth are dictated by anything other than my brain. Yeah, I guess one of the things Sam talks about is that it's like really the wrong way to think about it too. Is like the idea of free will is the way we think about it and define it isn't actually what you see in reality. Like it's just like even the wrong question to ask of whether or not we have free will, but it's confusing. <laughs> it's, all, it's it's interesting to think about it. I like I said, I don't think it's super important or practical, but yeah. it's certainly interesting. And I don't know. I just don't feel like I need to come down on one side or the other. But I was shocked one time. A professor actually asked this question in like a biochemical engineering class that I had to take. He just like out of the blue goes like, "How many you?" believe in free will and like up till that point i had never thought about it and i was just shocked when half the class raised their hand for saying that free will doesn't exist and i was just like what planet am i living on i have never heard a single person talk about this before <laughs> half the class rolls half the class i don't know that'd be that'd be i'd find that to be a very interesting philosophical conversation but And and I don't, I mean, I don't know how you could ever, I don't think you could ever gather evidence <laughs> to support either side. Really? Because, I don't know, I don't, it, it makes my head hurt a little bit in the sense of, I haven't been thoughtful enough on this to have cogent arguments ready to go, mm-hmm. or, or, or even well put together ideas, let alone yeah. an argument. Uh, but, uh, I find that to be a topic which is very difficult to prove or disprove. And it's almost solely anecdotal. Yeah, it's a lot of like could be. And I guess there, I mean, some people definitely think they have sound arguments that show something. But you always have a lot of people on the other side, too, with sound arguments that they think show the opposite. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, but, well, yeah. I mean. Someone's wrong. I was, about to, I, I was about to semantic your ass, but I'm not going oh. to. I'm going to. I'm going to say what I was going to say, but I'm not actually. I don't mean it. Okay, they're uh, not sound. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm using they that may be not valid. technically. They just may be valid. Loosely. But. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they may be valid, but uh, again, it could be impossible to prove soundness. But it's yeah, that's that's an interesting thing. But I, where do you find yourself? You still haven't taken a stance. I'm clearly pro free will, or that <laughs> I believe that I have free will. Because one, fuck anybody who tells me I don't. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> but where do you fall? If I had to put money on it, I'd say no. I don't know. Maybe, but, it, maybe it's because I'm American that I find that such an upsetting concept. 
but see, I think that's the other thing that it it kind of gets. I think I perceive like the question differently and like the ramifications and like you know me saying that just like really doesn't mean anything to me, and it's not going to change my behavior at all. And I'm still going to continue to act like I do. How can you act like you do if you think that you don't? That's the most confusing question I've maybe ever asked, but I stand by. How can you act like you do if you think that you don't? Well, exactly. Well, that's now not... It's like, now you're assuming I have free will. Free will to act in the situation, yeah. Yeah. But, but, that's like, but that's like saying, well, then you're not acting at all. You're just following the, the layout. Yeah. I mean, one of the questions is like, what... Who am I? And like, is there, you can think of it as like, is there a being at the controls of Sean? And like, I'm saying that being is in control, but it's like, well, I'm just a brain and a body. Is there not something to be said for identical twins being different and behaving differently? No. Why not? They have the same, if you're an identical twin, you have the exact same makeup. So there must be something else. Yeah, your environment's different immediately. Hardly. Very different. Hardly different. different. Very different and extremely different are wildly dramatic words to consider. If you're you're born into the same family, your environment is not extremely different. Your experiences, small differences in experiences create extreme differences in outcome. Like, think about siblings, right? Like, your DNA is very close. No, but it's not the same. But it's not the same. It's not the same, but like the order you're born in will create vastly different outcomes and environments. Twins born at the same time. Yeah, but it's still a thing. Born at the same time, exact same DNA, very likely treated incredibly similarly. Might even dress the exact same. It's, I mean, it's just randomness. Like you could just make that argument, like random things are going to happen differently The two people. Like obviously they're going to turn out differently. But turn out differently, the idea that you don't have free will and the idea of you're turning out is preposterous. But I was mostly saying, what is there a being at the controls of me? Or is there something at the controls of me or you? Right. And there has right. to be in the sense of people, people that are literally the same, raised in incredibly similar uh, environments, end up with wildly different interests. What do you think would happen if you had two identical twins mice? And you think five years later they'd be the same mouse? Two identical twin mice, five years later they'd be the same mouse? Yeah, would they be the exact same mice with the same interests and the same personalities? I don't know. I can't even speak on whether or not mice have interests or personalities. Well, they definitely have personalities. (laughs) Why do they have pers- least, What do we well, consider a personality? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a thing. Like, I'm pretty. All of our listeners are going to think we are high, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I talked to the mice. All right. No. Yes, I think that yes, the assumption of using mice in experiments is that the reactions and interactions, especially if they have the same DNA, will be very similar. Thus, you use them in testing. I. I disagree. Then why? Then what's the point of doing animal trials? I mean, that's a different question. Like, it's not really. If 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 we expect if them to be gave, completely different, 
Okay, then what's the me point? And you, me and you being different people, or me and the most different person on the planet, like if we took similar drugs, we'd have similar reactions, probably. That's not, that's for sure not true. That is you true. and I no <laughs> you me and Dupree drink alcohol fairly regularly. I I don't really know your drinking habits anymore. But back in the day, we'd all have very different people have different reactions. Okay, to how different all the are time. we talking about? Like we all get tipsy. Some people get sad. Some people want to fight people. Okay. Some people fall asleep. So I think I I don't I I think we're all doing the same drug. We all have very different reactions. I don't think any of that has to be explained by free will. No, I I don't think that has to be explained by free will either. But I think the idea that we don't have a different interaction upon doing the same drug is preposterous. Maybe mice do too. <laughs> Perhaps, perhaps. Although, yeah, and thus we do the testing. And that's why you have, I guess, uh, control groups and, uh, I don't know, I mean, well, that's why you'd have uh, bars, uh, I can't even fucking think, error bars, you know? Uh-huh. But I just think it's kind of silly, the idea that, I mean, identical twins have very distinct personalities, even though they are genetically the same and grew up in a generally similar environment. The idea that they don't get to make their own decisions or that they wouldn't be, even if they don't get to make their own decisions, they won't be interacting in incredibly similar paradigms is kind of crazy. Yeah, one of the problems is like, how are we thinking about a person? And what do we mean by they get to make decisions? Like, are we thinking about the person at the controls of them or are we thinking about their body and brain as a system interacting with things. Well, do you believe in the soul? No. And I think I would. I probably would. And here we get back to my wavelength conversation. Because, <laughs> and I think, I don't know, if you've ever seen a dead person, like at an open casket or whatever, even though that person's been dead, like, I don't know if you've been around a family member who's died, even though that yeah. person's been dead for less than 12 or 24 hours, whatever, that body's not the same at all. And whether, like, there's something about life force or soul or essence or something that gives that body something else that adds to that, that creates, I don't know, that, that brings, I, it's r ridiculous to say that brings that person to life, but it does. <laughs> there's something, there's something in a living person that once they've been, as soon as they're dead, it's gone. And I don't think it's consciousness per se. I don't think it's just the, cause it's not the same as a sleeping person. No one's, no one's ever, well, that's not true, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very, it's not hard. To tell the difference between a dead person and an asleep person. Because mm -hmm. there's something there. How about other animals? As a person who's been around dead animals, yeah, there's there's something there. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know I don't know what it is or how to describe it, but I don't know. Maybe there is.
Is that not, not is that not the experience that you felt around people that have passed away around you? Or do you feel like it's it's roughly the same person, they just don't have their eyes open? Yeah, I guess I would be inclined to say that it's just them being dead that makes it different. Like the difference between dead and alive is quite different and that's what it counts for it. But why what is the difference really between being dead and asleep? I mean a million things happen in the body. Yeah, but 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 also all incredibly imperceivable. Other than a breathing motion. That's the only real perceivable yeah. thing. Like color. It also can be faked with makeup for the most part. People are pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. There's there's definitely something there. There's more to a human than just uh, the idea that they're able to take breaths in and transfer the oxygen around their body. I'm not opposed to the idea. I just would come down on a different side. The one that is exactly <laughs> which is, opposite. <laughs> which is commendable. Which is commendable in conversation. Because I uh, am opposed to the idea, I guess. Which I, I don't find myself in often. But, and again, part of it is just my... You can go fuck yourself if you think you can tell me how I am or that I don't have a choice. Oh, sure. <laughs> And I don't know. That's that's a it's a significant part of my life that that would be hard to set aside. Mm-hmm. Is the idea that you know, I don't know. I'm I I'm me, and no one else can be. I don't think anyone else is even capable of it in any circumstance, even if it was the exact same as my own. I don't know if I turn out the same way if I have the exact same interactions. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. You're you're being too open. You're being too casually open about this for me to be to be too upset. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the point is to tell you you're wrong or to question everything you believe. Which no, I mean, but the point is, Sean, is to be right. Well. <laughs> Which isn't necessarily true. No, that's not necessarily true. Sometimes it's just to think Provoke about something new. Yep. And, and all of a sudden, Sean is Brett circa 2017. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> hey, maybe I should just start raining on your parade. Well, how are you going to rain on my parade, Sean? My parade does not get rained out. I get to choose how <laughs> sunny my fucking parade is. Or do I? Or do you? I do. Alright. <laughs> I'm happy for you. You're in control. I do declare. <laughs> <I was> gonna, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is so hard because I want to make a, like a Jews control the weather joke so bad, but like <laughs> also it's it's gonna come off anti-Semitic when it's not. But you know what I mean? Because yeah, people believe that shit. Jews are still a little sensitive to that sort of thing, which is hilarious. Oh, they uh. It is certainly a, a large sway for the number of them out there. They're like the most effective minority lobbying group in history. Which is kind of wild. I mean, 
I agree. But also, they're one of the most ridiculously hated groups for having so little. Absolutely. For no reason. I don't <laughs> it goes both ways. It goes both ways. Because, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, I mean, how many Jews are there in the world? Less than 100 million? Probably. Oh, it's like less than 10 million, I think. No way. Yeah, no. Well, I guess maybe I'm, I think really. There might be 10 million in the, in the United States. Now, are we talking about religious or not? Just, just like ethnically or whatever, however that works. Here's a good Google for me. How many Jews are there? <laughs> Jews represent roughly 0.2% of the global population or around 15 million. That's not a lot. No, it's not. There's oh, there's 9.2 in Israel. Well, also, Israel's not all Jews, but... Like, a lot. 80% or something. Yeah, but, yeah, it is, it is kind of crazy. Like, 15 million people get shit on constantly. But then are also, like, I don't know, synagogues aren't an uncommon thing to be around. Yeah. And, like, people talk about Jewish holidays... All the time. Yeah, it's like all the, the most minority holiday you could come up with. Like literally like Kwanzaa's more popular than Hanukkah <laughs> and it's mentioned last. <laughs> like I don't And know. like and like <laughs> a ton of like weirdly significant people managed to be Jewish. Oh yeah. There's definitely like people don't talk about it. There's absolutely something going on in their DNA that gives them certain personalities that make them like it's literally like 25 percent you're getting into a dangerous territory with the the way the world is now sean i'll go there because it's right (laughs) i I don't disagree (laughs) some i'd have to look up the number i heard it somewhere it's like literally a quarter of all nobel prizes have been gone to someone who's jewish or part jewish that just sounds like the situation's rigged yeah probably well, Jewish how supremacy. Quarter, how are a quarter of all comedians and actors Jews? Jewish, that too. That's fucking crazy. I listen to Mark Maron's podcast sometimes. It is that's just like all he says, like, "Oh, you're a Jew, right?" It's like, yeah, because he just interviews comedians and actors, and it's just like literally everyone's just like, "Yep, my mom's <laughs> Jewish. I'm Jewish." I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a. I don't understand discrimination. I... Like, what? I guess maybe I sort of understand how skin color happened once but like being jewish i don't get it and like people still like sometimes saying anti-semitic like thing that different like yeah, i just, don't know the only I thing that no separates where that comes me from. from being jewish at least I mean, appearance wise is i don't have the curliest of hair and i don't have that big a nose i understand that's anti-semitic but it doesn't really matter for the context of this conversation go fuck yourself but <laughs> um you know what i mean that's the only thing that separates me from looking jewish yeah, I mean, it's not, like, clear enough either that you can always tell. But, like, so, in, ni- like, 1938 Germany, would I, have been, would I have been shit on just for looking the way I do? I don't know. I don't know. But also, things were kind of crazy back in the day. I mean, Grandpa used to talk about, like, hating, like, mix and shit, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I just don't understand where this came from. Like, it's so, sometimes I just realize how different things are today. Where, like, oh. the concept of just randomly discriminating against someone <laughs> is so foreign to me. That, and like, that's it where, just doesn't make sense anymore. And, and, and it where, was only 80 years ago. That's where I think there's a very reasonable case for 
it's the Morgan Freeman quote that gets thrown around all the time. I don't even know if it's a real quote. I believe it is <laughs> due to the frequency of uh, that I've seen it. And what it sounds the last luscious voice. Oh, uh, as all things do. Think of what one th- what thing could possibly sound bad in his voice? I don't know. Female song. I I think he managed to crush the rendition, but <laughs> I digress. Uh, but the quote is always like, "Yeah, how do you how do you stop racism? You stop talking about it." Which uh-huh. I don't really disagree with. And the a contributing factor, even though I obviously understand the circumstances are mildly different, are no one talks about Polacks and mix and you know like like. Everyone knew the Polish people. Everyone knew the Irish people. Everyone knew this, like, back when my grandpa was a kid. Uh-huh. Yeah, the stereotypes and everything. And then, yeah, and then everyone stopped caring about it, and it kind of went away. And it's in, yeah, obviously they didn't have an obviously different skin color. But also, yeah. the Irish had red hair. And maybe the, they, like, The Poles were blonde, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not like Catholics were popular. <laughs> so, it's just... Yes, I understand that the circumstances are different and maybe even significantly different, but also I don't think they are that different. I think it's reasonable enough to say if we can stop that, or if that can just fade away, why can't we just let this fade away? Yeah, I think that's absolutely the right way to think about it. I think it's just a question of whether or not we still have to talk about it today to solve a few problems to get to the point where we can all just shut up about it and completely forget about it. But like what problems? Like what 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 can be talked about and discussed that reasonably that cuz I don't know as far as like a system goes actually considering the idea of systemic racism. Yeah. Like, that's very important to think like, about. What are things that are legitimately systemic? Because when people say systemic racism, they never actually come with something that is part of the system that is racist. Mm-hmm. It's just a no. wonderful phrase to say. Yeah, no, that's I. I think that's a hundred percent real that there are systems of racism that were created by active racism that still, quote unquote, oppress today. But like, like, like okay, example, but so what? Is, example, yeah, yeah, examples, please. In Milwaukee, I believe, or actually. It's a lot of places like housing rules where they would it wasn't necessarily a law but redlining's been pretty well examined and tried to desecrate currently as of now yeah but that's the thing like it's right it's gone now but it put people in a position where they had to move into the poor neighborhoods and basically perpetuate the the poorness but then again that doesn't necessarily only affect races though that's not necessarily by race. It's much more socioeconomic status than anything else. Like red. No, because it was because you could like the black communities were already. What about poor, poor white they're... people though? There oh, were absolutely. plenty of poor white people. Like slavery didn't help them in the south. Right. Like, but it's disproportionately. I, that's where... along sure, race sure. Lines. sure. That's fine, but also it's not necessarily strictly a racial thing either. So that's when you get you get into really weird tough, nuanced conversations. Like like thinking about, I don't know if you've heard anything about Evanston and their kind of attempt at reparations. I don't know exactly that place, but I've been hearing about a couple things like well, that. Well, yeah, the thing in Oakland, the thing in Oakland's interesting. I don't, it's, it seems 
very challengeable in the court of law. But mm-hmm. Evanston, they're trying to, ta- to my understanding, they're trying to tackle reparations based on like redlining issues. So they're they're giving money to people that can show they lived in these places before like 1964. Uh-huh, sure. You know. But it's also, to my understanding, that's only for black people. Yeah, when I'm sure it is. You could be still very negatively affected as a poor white person who lived in those areas who'd have as equal a claim on reparations due to that. Yeah, absolutely. Like your housing prices might have absolutely been devalued based on racist redlining policies, even though you weren't of that race. It doesn't fucking matter if you're the one white person in the black neighborhood and the black neighborhood's considered the worst property in town because there's black people there. Yeah, and that's a question. Like you like, still have an equal claim to those reparations. And do we care if we just screw over those people? We I mean, yeah. fucking better. Well. <laughs> yes. Because if you don't, then you're a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, you're definitely a piece of shit. I mean, the whole policies are clearly not meant to do well. Like, I don't even think reparations... I'm sure people have showed that they're just not good ideas that don't work. Like, Well, oh, 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 a thousand silly. times over. Even yeah. on... Like, on face, it's really tough to justify in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, like, it's not going to help anything anyways, even if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, and and, and the, the idea of where does it start, where does it stop, is, I think, a yeah. very fair <laughs> question. Right. It's just arbitrary. Yeah, I mean, it, it is mostly now just a socioeconomic problem. Like, it's mostly just... It's almost always been a socioeconomic problem as because poor whites were always part of the situation. Even though, well, I mean, okay, Jim Crow and things like that though. still affect white people, though. Like, I don't think it is that different because poor whites in every situation have always been the very... have found themselves in very similar situations to recently unenslaved black people or very poor black people. You don't think the explicitly racist policies that Such went through what? the 60s? I don't think I the, mean, idea, the idea of literacy tests, well, one, I, I think, and I don't even know if this is true, but I'm sure it is. The idea of a literacy test and a white dude you can't read getting a pass is probably very fair. Mm-hmm. But assuming that those things, let's operating under a system where I don't know the facts and the idea of a literacy test. If there is a literacy test at the polls, those poor white people can't pass it either. <laughs> sure. So the idea would be that, yeah, they were just as negatively affected, even though I probably bet they got a pass. You know, and that's something that's a different conversation. But the idea would be that if there's a literacy test, the poor people who can't read are the poor people who can't read regardless. And yes, does that more negatively impact black people? Absolutely. But I don't think that negates the claim of the poor of the white family or the poor white person at that. No, family. I agree. I agree. I I guess we could dispute whether or not there is disparate impact at the time. But I think, like in the current present, the thing to do is address the problems. Yeah, and not it's, based and it's on race, very, but based very, on well, very reasonable at the entire point in time to say, yeah, obviously there were a lot more of one race impacted by this by that uh, by yeah, than another. Yeah. You know. Obviously, that's the most reasonable thing to say. But yeah, right now, I mean, it's almost impossible. Right. It shouldn't be about trying to fix things because of race. It should be trying to 
just when you have a horribly poor neighborhood, no matter who's living in it, you should fucking do something about it. Yeah, and that's and it's the general insane lack of nuance that all these conversations lack that is so fucking frustrating. Yeah. These are difficult issues that need to be approached as such. So let's treat it like they are, and let's try and understand multiple perspectives and say that there is no silver bullet. But I don't know. I could I could say that about probably every single conversation. I think it's just I think a lot of the you know, what's caught people up is just like the feeling like doing the right thing of like one side won't admit that active racism has been a problem and that that also perpetuates into systemic racism and blah 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 and like the other side won't fucking stop attributing everything to race and it's just pissing people off and making them talk about it more well i i think the issue at least that i see is that the burden of proof for active racism leading to systemic racism leading to constant problems today is one, it needs to be high. The burden of proof needs to be significant, which is a hard thing for a lot of people to wrap their mind around. And then two, everyone needs to be willing, everyone from that party also needs to be willing to say, yeah, these also impacted these other people that just weren't in that racial group, but still were negatively impacted by it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those would all be good things to say. Uh, it does seem like people aren't interested in really thinking deeply about it and also thinking about how big of a deal it is. It's like, no one will have a conversation about that. Like, how big of a deal do we think racism is today? Like, is it number one thing we should be worried about? Is it the number five we think we should be worried about? Is it the number hundred thing we should be worried about? Well, and that's, I think, I think that, yeah, I think that's a very fair question is how impactful is the systemic, the quote unquote systemic racism of today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like if and, you took the aggregate of all the racism in the past and all the racism in the present and whatever effect that is currently having on races like how big is that how does it compare to other things and if it's sufficiently small enough like it seems like to most reasonable people how should we actually go about looking at these problems and for the idea that i mean i'm sure the idea of sufficiently small enough would be probably a very offensive concept but the idea yeah. would be that the idea would be that how much of an impact does this actually have in your outcome? And I don't know. It's, yeah, it's tough to say things that happened in the past, like how, how do those interact with everything today and your outcome on today? But in a world where the biggest and most important and most significant of laws at least in my opinion and to my knowledge, don't reflect any kind of racism. If anything, they've all been written and codified to not, <laughs> especially to not have any amount of racism. Yeah, yeah. Or anything that could be even mistaken as such. It's, wow. I don't I mean, know, it's, it's really hard to say. But then also, I mean, hey, 
the smallest thing could 100% change your outcome. I don't know. Yeah, right. And that's that's where, yeah, I think you need to, everyone needs to embrace the phrase, I don't know. <laughs> and then be kind and respectful. And, you know, I think we all just, I think we're all kind of looking for, like, something that feels good and some nice solution. I'm like, we really need to admit, like, it sucks. And if there is, like, provably, you're much worse off if you're in a certain group today and we want to fix that, it takes a long fucking time. Like, there's not a lot of things you can do. Like, handing people a check is not going to fix that. Handing people a hundred checks is not going to fix that. Like, it's going to take years, maybe decades, and, like, to, to reach the new equilibrium where there's no disparities by race or whatever minority group you want to come by. And even if we did our best, you'd likely still find some sort of differences somewhere. But that's, and that's where you run into your next problem where I, and Sam and I've had this conversation where I'll, I think I, I can probably lay out the solution to ending a lot of, like I can lay out the solution to having all races cooperative and friendly in thirty or forty or fifty years. But yeah, yeah I mean, of course, you need to one one side of the coin is you need solutions now. You know, you these are if if they are things that are significantly impacting people's lives, you need solutions now. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing, the other side of the coin is let's say that's not the case. People are still pretty hot about this and want a solution now, or what they consider to be a solution. So it's it's I don't know. I I think it's generally pretty easy to end the the concept of race in the next two generations. And I also think it's fair for people to say, "Fuck that! Why should I have to wait two generations?" No, it's absolutely but then, fair. But then. The next issue is, well, if you don't wait two generations, then your solutions now are just going to perpetuate the problem down the line. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just like that emotional frustration that, like, you got to give it to people. We all. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah, it's very upsetting. And it's upsetting to also try to come up with solutions and realize you can't fix it next year. But yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a pretty good consensus by people who have thought deeply about it in the sense of looking long-term that the end goal that is we have to just give up on caring so much about race and that well you probably, need to realize that race isn't actually a thing well yeah but it just but also matter. but then then the next issue is yeah people who have thought deeply about it which is a, a claim that's opinionated all on its own but yeah I don't know, has Ibram Kendi thought deeply about it? I'd have to think he has. I don't think he has thought very <laughs> long-term about it. Yeah, and, and that, well, I'd be inclined to agree based on my position, of course, but I I don't think anyone can say he hasn't thought significantly about race. Are his thoughts in the right has. spot? For, in my opinion, no. And I think in many thoughtful people's opinion, no. But how do you get those two to coalesce? When when one side refuses to engage in conversation with the other, absolutely refuses. Yeah, and that should be—I don't know—as far as I'm concerned, that should be a red flag enough. See, I don't know if it 
it's hard to tell what the sides are. Like, it's hard to tell what the conversations well, I, most okay. people really want to be having are. Well, here's where I would declare the sides, at least on this issue. One, side A, race is insignificant, doesn't actually matter at all. Side B, race is paramount to who you are as a person. And I think that's, and obviously there's a gray area in the middle as with all things with sides, but at least in these contexts, but as far as those, as far as these conversations go, those are usually where people are asked to draw a line and step on one side of it. Yeah. I just think it's so easy to take those and on the side of race isn't important to see race shouldn't be important long term but maybe it's something important that we need to talk about now and think about and then on the other side to see that no race isn't the most important thing but currently race is something that's important to me and my identity and that's okay but i don't i don't think (laughs) i think you're doing a very polite vision of both and i think the but I don't think you're doing an accurate, an accurate representation of race is the most significant thing right now. Because people, I mean, Sesame Street just did their whole thing where race, they said race is an essential part of who I am. That's not saying like race is somewhat significant regard, like as to who I am and my interactions currently. That's mm-hmm. saying race is a fundamental piece of who I am. And the other side is saying in my, at least from my interactions with it, are saying, fuck no, like, race, yeah, people, I've heard racist shit, everyone here is racist shit somewhere or another, but, and yeah, people have negative interactions with other people, and race does not have an outcome on who I am, because that's not me, I am more than my skin color, we cannot be grouped together by this. Mm-hmm. So I think, in at least in my experience interacting with them, both sides are a little more polarized than your description no i agree i think there are a lot of people that are more polarized by my description i guess i was saying i thought it wouldn't be that hard to get to a slightly less impossible to hold position well it'd be it'd be it'd be nice but i don't know i think the idea of it wouldn't be that hard is unfortunately mistaken I guess I don't I don't know where it's gonna go. It seems like hell if like, I do, but it doesn't seem like it's trending in the in the in a positive direction, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna change it or I mean one of them's clearly I, unstable and the wrong answer, so maybe it'll lose in the end. Clearly unstable and the wrong answer. <laughs> I hope it loses in the end, man, but I don't know. I'm a racist and a homophobe for saying I think we should all just treat people equally and like a person, but... Yeah, we should really do a better job of acknowledging that at the beginning of the episode and talk about our privilege for an hour or two so then we can have a conversation. Yeah, discuss every... Let's talk about being white every single... White, straight men every Mm -hmm. single episode because that's significant to our ideas and... Everyone who listens to this should under should take that grain of salt and say, I don't know if we can listen to these white straight men and their opinions on this because they are simply that, white huh. straight men. 
instead of doing ads, we can just record that message and play it at the beginning. So, he, <laughs> so here, so here is your uh, full circle moment for you. How does your demographic interact with your free will or lack thereof? I mean, it would that, but would it or would it not? No, how could it? No, because, I mean, okay, if we're talking about twins, not if we're talking about the difference between identical twins being their difference in interaction, how would your identity and how people interact with you not be part of that difference? That's I, the other hard part about these questions is they create dead air time, and that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I don't have much to say here. I don't think that's the right but, avenue of thought to go down. But if your idea is you're interacting slightly differently and that's what creates the difference between twins, thus you'd expect wildly different outcomes. If I'm white and you're black and we have, some would argue, significantly the different interactions, then we'd have, well, okay. Let's, let's assume we have all the same DNA except one pigment tone got switched. <laughs> some crispy <laughs> Which I don't really think is how it works, but sure. We'll uh, operate under that assumption. Then, that if that's not, I don't know, what are we choosing to believe? Are we believing that that's going to be a significant impactor in our rea- our interactions with others and the world around us? Or is it not? Yeah, that's, no, I guess that's a good question. Not even from free will necessarily, but whether or not race has an impact. I mean, yeah, it would in the present day, I would think. Uh, how? I, I, I mean, I would think it'd have the least significant now than it ever has. Oh, it'd definitely be less significant now than ever. I bet you could find, I'm sure you could find some impact. Like, you're probably still more likely to have certain interactions. Which I I think is interesting because in especially in scenarios that you and I have found ourselves in, like I would say that you and I have been more likely to have a negative interaction than a gay black person, at least in the four years we spent together. Maybe. I feel like like if you're black, there's a non-zero probability that someone's going to come say something racist to you. I don't know. I would say that I'm white, and I've definitely heard things that are racist about me. That's true. Definitely a different kind of statement. For sure, but racist nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know. And especially in the environments that you and I have spent time, such as Madison. Well, yeah, I would say that as, as discrimination. straight white guys, you're you're the most likely to experience discrimination. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it sure seems like it. Well, it's definitely true, depending on how you define discrimination. If you define it as yeah, you can only be discriminated against if you're not in the majority. Well, then, yeah, then we'd be still the least definition, likely. Yeah. But otherwise, if you just define it as treating people differently because of their race, then yeah, I, we probably were the race, most sexuality. Against. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, <laughs> it's, it's, such a, it's such a like it's such a 
the tiniest violin plays for this straight white man. <laughs> right, I know. Right. It's like all this discrimination I felt. It's really ruined my life. In that, and yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 so hard. It's such a hard fucking conversation to have, man. It's not fair how unreasonable it is across the board. Yeah, it's just unfair that everyone's so sensitive to someone saying the wrong thing. Like, this is just one topic where you can't say anything wrong ever, and that just makes it really hard to say anything right and productive and new. Yeah, it's impossible. And it's it's not impossible. You just everyone has to approach the conversation in generally a similar way. Which is the character trait I care about most, which is let's be open minded and give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. That's legitimately probably the character trait I care about most people. It's a great one. Because if because if you're not willing to do those two things, how are we ever supposed to get anywhere in any of our difficult conversations? Oh no. I mean you're gonna come up with ideas at a rate that's like just negligible. Yeah. You'll never say anything interesting. No. And yeah, as they say, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. You do. Gotta <laughs> say a few wild things to make a really good friend. Yeah, you got to say some some drastically offensive things to uh, find out who your friends are. Yeah, <laughs> it's very effective at weeding them out. Uh, yes, indeed it is. <laughs> and I think, honestly, I've probably never really considered about like how many people have decided to not be my friend based on dramatic things I said uh, one way or another because, I don't know, most people don't stick around after the first one if they're going to uh, leave, I would think. Some people just wait three years. Yeah, and then decide to try to have it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I don't know, man. It's uh. It's interesting. The whole I think this has been a great conversation, but I can only imagine that one, you need to get to bed. And two, I hope that Sam would like to interact with me tonight. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap this thing up. I think we should. It's been a it's been a great chat though, Sean. Pleasure talking to you as yep. always. Good talk. <laughs> right, I'm not a racist, I promise. I'm I don't even know uh, where I identify on the whole thing, but I do my best to not be racist or homophobic or a bigot in general, even though I'm sure I uh, have come across as one of all those categories at some point in time in my life. It'd be so interesting to find myself in a room where you're supposed to stand up and say, I'm a racist. I'm sorry. I, I don't think I would please anybody. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all those, like, all these insane, like, company trainings and shit that happen now. Like, I'm not. I'm not playing this fucking game. Because that's insane. I'm not going to say that because I'm white, I'm racist and sexist and homophobic or whatever. Damn. And you got the balls to say it. Because I'm just just not interested. I'm not interested in doing this with you. Or with anyone, obviously. The English you. And people who, yeah, people who care about other people also don't want you to do that, so... Yeah, you know, who doesn't care, actually, or have empathy for other humans. Just the expectation that you're supposed to trot yourself to the front of the line and then conform perfectly regardless is so fucking insane to me. And the amount of people that are willing to do it is so disheartening (laughs) to me. Well, at least George Orwell was alive at one point and wrote some books. So we have something to think about it.
I, I received my I received my first gift from a listener, by the way. It was a book. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Not uh, at all. So if you would like uh as a as a collective to read the uh the group fantasy currently, so so that we're in tune with our listeners. Uh, it's called The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. Hmm. Supposed to be very, very good. Alrighty. I will look that up and like supposedly akin to Tolkien. Tolkien. Oh, you were fucking saying. Yeah, I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so supposedly akin to that. Uh, so it's perhaps worth your time. I'll send you uh, the book. Or I'll, I'll send you the text uh, with the book name in it at least. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I looked it perhaps, up. Perhaps we'll do a book review for uh, for the listeners. <laughs> but as a group, if we'd all like to get in on this, it could be nice. Could be good. We could talk about books. <laughs> that would be. That would be. That'd be sort of new for us. Yeah, it would be new. Why not? Fuck it. But, all right, John. I love Alrighty. you, man. You have a wonderful love you too, night, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> you too. Say hi to Sam. <laughs> we'll do. Say hi to Haley. <laughs>